The Game the System podcast is proudly sponsored by 1989 Arcade Bar and Kitchen. You can visit their website at 1989.com.au. Hi, John. Hi, Mark. John, do you like food? I do like food. Do you love classic arcade games? I love classic arcade games. Do you like to partake in the consumption of an adult beverage or two? I love to. Well, you can enjoy all three at the same time at Sydney's only bar arcade, 1989 Arcade Bar and Kitchen. What? Yes, that's right. Nowhere else in Australia's largest city can you find classic arcade games like Space Invaders, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Double Dragon, Street Fighter 2, Mortal Kombat Plus, many more, and eat awesome food, enjoy some craft brews, and all in the company of like-minded retro arcade and console game fans. That's inconceivable. Yes, it is inconceivable, John. <laughs> so stop your blabbering and get on clamouring to 1989 Arcade Bar and Kitchen at 22 King Street, Newtown. Check out their lineup of games, food and beers at 1989.com.au and facebook.com slash 1989arcadebar. Don't just take our word for it. Matt, what do you reckon? It's good. Sold! So I burnt myself on my soldering iron. <laughs> it <laughs> happened. That looked awful. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty bad. Well, I mean, bad. I mean, not like go to the hospital bad, but... Everyone does it at least once. Well, I did it twice in oh, like nice. okay. two well, months. That's, a, that's another level. <laughs> <laughs> I, ha- I, I don't know if you can see it anymore. Yes, sort of. I have a scar here from a soldering iron yeah. when I was like... Really? 15. Yeah. And you used a soldering iron at 15? Yeah. I did work experience at, at a place. And We're had amongst an expert here. <laughs> I don't think that's that uncommon. Is it? It's uncommon for me. <laughs> I, I never used a soldering iron until maybe two years ago, perhaps. Mm. Oh. Hmm. Um, yeah. How did you get a scar, though? That must be a pretty bad So I, I'm down, you know, doing work on the whatever I was working on like this. And I, and I looked up and went over like this. And so my hands, you know, you know, okay, okay uh, I'm done, and then I looked over here like this. Uh, okay. I'm still holding the thing, you know, like a pencil went across yeah. my ring finger. Yeah. Cool. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, crap. It's one of those <laughs> things like burns. You, you don't... S- the pain receptors don't mm. seem to go off until it's too late. Yeah. And then it's... You really burn. Yeah. Yeah, but it, it switched off the... Okay, I'm doing something... I've got to be careful of the hotness, and then because I it switched off the part where... Mm. Okay... That's what I'm working on now. And yeah. I looked mm. at something else. Yeah. Mm. And so that's why... Okay, relax. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've noticed I, I do that a lot too. Like, I'll solder something and then I'll finish that and I'll be using... Like, I'll have the iron in my right hand and I'll be using my left hand, like, to pick something up or, like, I'll reach over and then I might need my other hand to help. And so, while still holding it like a pen, I'll, like, use my other hand to grab it. And mm. I forget that, like, I almost put the soldering iron, like, into a stack of papers or something or whatever was <laughs> in front of me. You don't have a soldering iron holder? I do, but you just don't... Sometimes you just don't think to put it back in because you just... You don't think to put it back <laughs> in. <laughs> like, you, it might be because you're soldering, like, a bunch of the same sort of thing. And so you do one and then you move that and then you do another one. Mm. Or, like, 
you flip it over or something like that. Hmm. And yeah, that's what, when you're doing those like menial tasks, you just go to normal, like just automatic mode Hmm. (laughs) and Hmm. don't think about, or like the worst thing is like, if I go to like scratch my face or something, (laughs) (laughs) I I don't think I've ever done that, but it's that kind of thing. Um, And yeah, I've had a few moments where I'm like, well, nearly did something bad there. <laughs> <laughs> and then I have had the moments where I actually did burn myself. So the first Like uh, a couple of days ago. Yeah, well, there's that. But then the first one was I was trying to fix one of the speakers that I have at home that was cutting in and out. And I took the speaker out of the um, stand-up. It's one of the stand-up hi-fi ones. Mm-hmm. And I took it out and just sat it like on top of some like a stack of books and then i was reaching into the hole which is like it's probably a uh maybe an eight inch speaker or something not a, not very big medium size and what i was soldering was sort of on the wall of the box and so i was reaching in and as i kind of had both my hands in there the iron just like went against my finger because <laughs> hmm. it was in a cramped space but yeah the second one was just really stupid it was literally like I wasn't I wasn't thinking I was holding it and because you know when you when you're soldering something you feel like you need three hands because yeah. you got to hold the solder and the wire and the iron and you you like and sometimes the part yeah depending on what you're doing mm. yeah you, you need more than two hands and for some reason I I think I had the iron in my right hand and I was holding like the solder also with my right hand and I went to get the solder but instead of grabbing the solder I grabbed the iron (laughs) so I actually grabbed it and it was exactly like you said like it was like two seconds and then I was like oh shit that's really hot Hmm. and then I just dropped everything and then I got up to run to the tap to run underwater and then got halfway and thought shit I've dropped the iron on the floor (laughs) ran back Picked it up. Luckily, the hot part wasn't touching anything, and I put it in the holder. And then I ran back to the tap. To <laughs> <laughs> and by then, the damage is already done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but mm. yeah, it's not that bad. It was a big blister, but it's fine. Mm. Uh, I mean, I I don't know that I really held it here for this long mm. to get this scar. You know, lasting fifteen years or whatever. Yeah, twenty. How long? Twenty years more crap that i can still see it's just not that bad realizing how old he is yeah (laughs) (laughs) and and this is like on your index finger yeah that's that's gonna last a while it could actually burn some of the uh fingerprint off oh yeah that's true so i think on my thumb because i grabbed it like a pincer between my index finger and my thumb i think yeah on my thumb it's like a bit smooth now Mm. so it, it burns definitely not as bad but yeah there's <laughs> I was thinking about that today. Like, oh, I wonder if I've burnt off my <laughs> fingerprint. You can go rob a bank. Yeah. And your previous identity just it's I'll, lost now. Right? I'll be like the my secret identity. Can no, be it'd the be pincer. more identifiable. I'm the pincer robber. Because they can see the the gap where you don't have the fingerprint and no one else has that. Yeah. There you go. See, you foil ruin- in your plan. <laughs> You're ruining my whole... I'm creating this whole... <laughs> You know, the pincer, because uh, I can only rob things with these two fingers. <laughs> <laughs> Superhero. <laughs> I've actually got a circle on the end of my thumb because what had, what had happened as a child, I was cutting some vegetable 
and I actually cut the tip of my thumb off. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, it's obviously healed now, but yeah, I've just got this little circle on the end of my thumb. Really? <laughs> I only started using knives like two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I see what Lol. you did there. I see what you did there. I'm preparing for dad mode. <laughs> Nothing's going to change, Mark. It'll still be the same between us. <laughs> the baby's not going to change our relationship. Are you sure? <laughs> Can you guarantee? I can't guarantee. But I promise I still love you. Well, that's good then. <laughs> I feel loved. That's good. Should we begin the podcast? Hello and welcome to Game the System Podcast Episode 11, a podcast about the people that play retro, arcade, modern, pinball, board games and everything in between. It's the 7th of June, 2018, and my name's Mark Bell. My name's Matt. My name's John, and apparently now I'm after Matt in the order. Hey, you look like you were going to yawn or something. Sorry, <laughs> I thought I'd jump in. Already? <laughs> How is everyone? Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm pretty good. You're okay now, Matt? Yeah. After being sick? Yeah. Delaying um, the recording of the podcast? I'm the reason why this podcast is late. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. We'll forgive you. Um, what else was it? Ah, oh, yes. I was going to mention, we're recording at 1989, Arcade mm. Byron Kitchen. Yes. Our sponsor for the podcast, and they've provided a space for us to record. Mm. It's fantastic. Yeah, I was going to say, Mark, I've now... Had a had a beverage. Mm-hmm. I've had a. I've had a couple food. of beverages. Played some games. Mm-hmm. I played uh, Marvel versus Capcom. Oh, did you? Mm. Yep. Hmm. I'm worse at that than I thought I was. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what was it? Revenge of the Golden Axe one. Yeah. Ah, Revenge of Death, Death Adder. Yeah. Yeah. That was cool. Hmm. Yeah, they've got some cool games here. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so if you hear some traffic noise, that's uh, trucks and cars going past on King Street in Newtown. Mm-hmm. If you hear some screams and yelling and video game sounds, that's the arcade below us. But at the moment, I can't hear anything, so I think we're maybe a little bit separated from that, so that's good. Mm-hmm. You just have to feel the vibes of the yes, arcade. Yes, I've already felt the vibes. Have you? Yes. How do they make you feel? Very good. But that might be the number of beers i've already had oh yeah that's a confounding (laughs) factor (laughs) compounding you mean not confounding a compounding it's it's compounding of the feeling but it's confounding of us knowing whether it's due to the arcade Mm. vibes or the beer vibes Mm. nice save Mm. (laughs) it's not save it's just statistics the power of statistics (laughs) (laughs) shall we go to read a feedback Let's. Let us. I've got reader feedback for myself. Mm. Because this is, was... Is that allowed? Uh, sure. <laughs> Let's make it allowed because we make the podcast. <laughs> because it was my own stupidity. I kept referring to the new Blade Runner film as Blade Runner 2089. It's mm. not Blade Runner 2089. You it's idiot. Blade Runner 2049. Oh. 49? That's, 49. That's, that's, that's almost now. That's I know it is. It's 40 years difference. Um, 
it's a long time. But it's kind of a... It's it's the only confusion that a retro gamer could have, I feel. It's not just age, I swear. Mm-hmm. Because I consistently get confused between that and Robotron. I keep calling <laughs> Robotron Robotron 2049. It's not. It's Robotron 2089. Mm. And the Blade Runner film is Blade Runner 2049. Mm-hmm. Whereas I, yeah, last podcast kept saying Blade Runner 2089 at least probably six times. Very embarrassing. <laughs> For a film that I love. <laughs> Very embarrassing indeed. That's but you also like Robotron. Hmm? You also like Robotron, right? <coughs> oh, yeah. Robotron's fantastic. So, you know. Yeah. It's, it's pretty it sad, It all happened at the same... It's, it's all numbers. <laughs> I suck with numbers. I actually believe I have some sort of dyslexia when it comes to numbers. Mm-hmm. So, that's my excuse. Mm-hmm. Just uh, for numbers? You're okay with letters? Yeah, letters are fine. I don't know I'm if that's quite how dyslexia works. Uh, I'd say it affects different people differently. Yeah, <laughs> take that, John. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Tourette's. I, I have a little <laughs> bit of letters. Apparently, um, numbers. physical tics are more common in people with Tourette's syndrome than actually swearing. Hmm. And also, they could just have other outbursts. It doesn't have to be swear words. Right. We're learning something today. Yeah. Mm. Something not about games. Well, it's kind of related to games. <laughs> Everything can be related to games. <laughs> Kerry on Twitter said that he fully endorses Gem slash Pocket Fighter. Oh, uh, awesome. The cartoony graphics draw you in, and it's surprisingly deep. The storylines are pretty funny too. Yep. Yeah, I, I didn't actually realise that... I think the arcade version is Pocket Fighter, or there's different versions. Well, it's the same game, but hmm. it was also called Pocket Fighter. I don't, I don't know what the difference is, but... Right. Yep. Cool. Uh, and shall we go to news and current events? Yep. Good. <laughs> um, the first one... Sega Mega Drive Classics releases on Steam, Xbox One, and PS4. I believe, John, you put this in the news and current events schedule? Yes, because it came out between when we recorded last time and now. Right. And I felt like it's something that a lot of people seem to be really interested in and excited about, and uh, it's something that we can talk about. Mm-hmm. But um, I haven't played it. I've looked at it. I've actually gifted it to someone on Steam. Wow. Um, yeah, a friend of mine, he's 24, which means that... You're trying to convert a youngster into a retro gamer? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't don't know if it's really going to happen, but hmm. it's worth a shot. Hmm. Did you recommend any particular games on this Mega Drive Classics collection? I didn't because sometimes I feel like... If I do that, I, I want people to discover things on their own. And mm. it's and it's a collection, right? So you expect that everything on there is going to be of some quality. Mm. You know, they, there might be a few games that aren't, like, super exciting, but uh, they're all going to be... It's supposed to be the games that are worth playing, right? So they're all going to be fun to some degree. Yeah. And mm. there's something to be said for someone finding their own journey because mm-hmm. they are going to be attracted to the themes that they are generally attracted to mm. rather than you saying, oh, I should play this. Mm. Then they go and play that and they go, oh, that's not to my interest and I'm pretty bored mm. and I'll go on to, you know, yeah, I won't bother playing. Yeah. So, yeah, I can see that. Maybe, I mean, if I, maybe it would be good if I 
knew about what that person liked and then could transfer that into something in the collection. Mm. But, yeah, I didn't think that far ahead. <laughs> Do you know what games are included? Is there a shitload or...? There is a lot. Right. Um, I don't know. I was... No. Okay. I was planning on looking up which ones are in there that weren't in the previous collections, right. but that didn't happen. Yeah, it's unlike us to uh, not research anything. <laughs> <laughs> there are a few... So, there's a few games on it that aren't in the Xbox 360 and PS3 collection. And this is something that I think I wanted to mention too, is that uh, I bought the PS3 version of this collection for $15 about three months ago. Hmm. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I couldn't bring myself to pay that kind of money for it now. Yeah. Um, But there actually are a lot of additions to it besides the games, which made me feel hopeful that Sega are trying to do something good of Hmm. high quality. There's a whole... They've turned the menu from just like a menu with a list of games into this 3D room that's like recreating an old bedroom. And then oh, that's cool. when you select the game, you've actually got like a, a bookshelf with all the games on the bookshelf. Hmm. And you can go through, go through and select what you want to play. Um, I believe it's got achievements too. I don't know if the old version had that. I don't remember ever getting any. Hmm. Um but uh, yeah, there's a whole lot of options in terms of recreating that old experience. Like you can get the CRT curve to the screen. You can add scan lines, which isn't something that's uncommon. You can do that with emulators. But yeah, and it's sort of not something that's something that us as Australian players would really be drawn to anyway, because that's an NTSC thing more mm. than a PAL thing, right? Oh, I'm there. Yeah. The um, m- maybe. <laughs> I think so. Because the idea that, as far as the I understand, and this might be thingy. Well, isn't the idea around PAL being slow is that it's drawing every line as opposed to NTSC that's drawing every other line? No, I think. Um. It, it the way I found out about this is because a lot of games would render in 240 vertical, horizontal. What? 240 lines, basically. Mm-hmm. And so a 240 progressive signal, which is you do the same scan every field instead of having an interlaced thingy for the whole, you know. Mm-hmm. What you would say is an NTSC frame would be 480, 480 lines. <laughs> but instead, right. they do half that and just do the same thing for both fields. Yeah. And so... Because that's far enough apart to have scan lines, but I, I I don't know that ever happened here. I don't remember mm. really having progressive scan or at least you know double mm. scan thingies. Yeah, probably happens. I, I never <laughs> noticed it. Mm. Either way, it sounds like we're talking about a topic we don't know too right. much about again. <laughs> <laughs> well, my preference is no scan lines in emulators. Yeah, that's my yeah. preference too. Yeah, me too. I don't know why you'd want to add that. Anyway. Um, but the point, though, is with all these options is that they seem to be making an effort to actually making it good and worthwhile. Mm. And I hope that that's what they're also going to be doing with this mini console. So that's oh, kind yeah. of where I was going with that. Right. Um, 
you know, the fact that... Because it really is, at least in the menu system, a step above what came before it. Mm. Like, a big step. <laughs> mm. Mm. So, and I don't know if that's just because, you know, playing old games is drawing more attention overall, or if it's because, well, partly due to that, but the fact that they're actually going, oh, we can actually make something off this but we have to do a good job otherwise people will be unhappy yeah. and won't buy our stuff yeah which is what's happened with you know the at game stuff mm. i think so yeah cool that happened same games they're all the same <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of why i don't get excited about these classics collections yeah. anymore because i've bought them so many times yeah and i just don't see the point of buying them again yeah exactly yeah that's true um, there was leaked pictures of the new Deadpool pinball machine by Stern. Oh. Mm. Yes. So this surfaced recently. Uh, it's a Whitewood picture of the machine in development, so it's still in development. Um, and apparently this was previously designed by John Trudeau. Mm-hmm. So it was, from what I understand, almost complete. Mm-hmm. But that was when the whole scandal hit where John Trudeau got arrested for child porno- pornography. Mm. Um, so obviously Stern had to just scrap it, start from scratch, and now it's George Gomez who's designing the pinball machine. Mm-hmm. Same artist from what, I, from what I understand, but they had to completely redo the art as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think interestingly what people have surmised from these leaked pictures is that it's based on the comic books rather than the movies. Right. And you being the, the mm-hmm. comic book guy slash Marvel superhero <laughs> guy, John, I was interested in your of, take on Out that. of the three of us. Yes. Um, not that I'm like, I'm sure there's many to rival my knowledge and, and skills. Just not at this I'll table right now. comic books. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you think of it being based on the comic books compared to the movie? Uh yeah, I think it's a good idea. But I think that this is something that they've been doing for a long time. Uh, well, if you look at games like Iron Man uh, and... Uh, what's another example? I can't remember. Spider-Man? Well, the, yes, that's the one I was thinking of. Because then when they redid the Vault Edition, they switched it to the comic book style. Yeah, the uh, original was movie. Yeah. Based on the movies. And I think that they've come to a realisation that... If they go from the source material or, you know, when they're dealing with superheroes from comics, it's a bit more timeless than Hmm. if they use the movie art. Yep. Um, Because, you know, now there's all these new Spider-Man movies which have different actors and Hmm. uh, I think that's something that... Because they did it with X-Men too. All the X-Men stuff is based off the comics, Hmm. not off the movies. Yeah. yeah, so that seems to be the way that they're going. And I think that it's a good idea because of that. Yeah, I think that, you know... I mean, the Deadpool movies are awesome and it's hard to imagine at the moment them going out of fashion or, you know, some new Deadpool movie down the line with another actor playing that character. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it could certainly happen. And if you look at Pinball Machines, people are still playing games from the 70s and... Yep. 80s and if they were based off those source materials or the original source material it would be more timeless than yeah. if it was based off a movie yeah i agree and also i think 
they removed the risk of the movie bombing mm. and then therefore the the artistic license and mm. so forth that they're using for that machine also being affected by that. Yeah. Whereas if they base it on the comics, like you said, it's timeless. Mm. And, yeah. So I, I think that makes sense as mm. well. Yeah. I think even the movies are going that way though too. They're trying to be truer to the comics than they were before hmm. um, because they found, yeah, it's, even with characters like Deadpool, it's working better, I think. Um, yeah, it's be interesting to see what happens with Marvel movies down the line, you know, for people that are interested in that sort of thing. Hmm. Um, but, yeah, the character in the movie is just like the character in the comic book. Right. Um, he's very, like, whimsical and joking all the time and... Mm. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't think you've seen the movies. No. I don't know if Matt's seen them. I have actually. Yeah. All oh, right. Well, there you go. Yeah, like the movies is so a lot sillier. These movies are, are silly, and that's what Deadpool is like. So, mm. yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, a news story that popped into my news feed as I was just looking through the news a couple of weeks ago. Two little girls crawled inside and got stuck. <laughs> in a skill tester, a.k.a. UFO machine, a.k.a. crane game, <laughs> in Adelaide. This um, brings back another connection to the IT crowd because oh, really? <laughs> this happens to one of the characters in the IT crowd. <laughs> he sees an iPhone in a skill tester and he's trying to get it and somehow ends up inside the skill tester, <laughs> which is totally uh, implausible because he's a man. And a grown man. Yeah. Yeah. But well, even these small children, and you know, in this news story, you can look at the video. There's video of these two small girls <laughs> having the best time on this mountain of stuffed toys inside this machine. Oh, so they're actually having fun while they're in Oh, there. yeah. Well, but from the brief amount that I watched of the video, it didn't look like they were panicking. It looked like they were having a good time. <laughs> but I still, I can't comprehend how someone can squeeze themselves up into a skill tester machine. How old were they? Uh, they looked about four. Was it one of those giant skill testers? It didn't look to be. It looked like one of those normal Regular ones. size. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> so, um... That's really weird. Yeah. The people yeah. who own the arcade released a statement. <laughs> we were alerted to two girls playing inside the machine yesterday afternoon by some concerned customers, the statement said. <laughs> Our team responded straight away, unlocked the skill test machine, and the girls were plucked by hand. So they were physically <laughs> assaulted. To safety without further incident. The safety and well-being of our customers is always our priority, and we are now reviewing the use and safety of the skill test machines directly with the supplier at each of our centres to ensure children can play safely on the outside and not access the inside in the future. That's just, it's just so sort of bizarre to me. How does that even happen? I don't know. But apparently, it happened last year to a boy in um, a skill test machine in Rouse Hill in Sydney. Oh, really? Yeah. So apparently, it's a, it's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> it makes more sense in those massive giant ones they have now that are like, you know, 10 metres tall and the toys are huge. Hmm. And you have to get the toy out, right? So there's got to be enough space. I wonder how they stop kids from crawling inside those things. But you'd think it'd be a one-way gate, right? <laughs> I mean... Oh, yeah, true. I just... I, I mean, don't understand it. 
because they've always wanted to stop you sticking your hand up yeah. thing. And as soon as you push the flap in, there's another flap up there. That's right. Yeah. And yet children are getting inside. Mm. <laughs> it's hilarious, but bizarre. A one-way... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty weird. Can you imagine me, like, inside the Wizard of Oz <laughs> coin pusher? Just I being can like, right oh, now. Yeah. I'm imagining just, it right now. Just... Pushing all the coins like off the side of the thing, like <laughs> there we <Yes>. go. <laughs> what was the card? Was it Toto or something like that? Toto. Yeah, the Toto card. That's the rare one. <laughs> Toto cards for everyone. <laughs> uh, the Brisbane pum- uh, Brisbane Pinball Masters is only one month away. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is an annual event where Australia's best pinball players, as well as some from New Zealand, USA. One or two from other countries come for one of the largest and most prestigious tournaments in the Southern Hemisphere. Uh, there are currently over 100 registered to attend, and there are still spots available. So if you want more information, you can go to Game the System forums. There's a thread there talking about uh, the Brisbane Pinball Masters, how you can register. I would totally recommend this competition because I believe it to be the best pinball competition I've ever been to. Part of that is that Netherworld is just around the corner, which is just a fantastic bar arcade. It's got a ridiculous amount of games, pinball as well as arcade. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, fantastic competition, so I'd recommend anyone register for that if they can make the trip up north or south or west or east from wherever yeah, you you're live. you're already north or... Yeah. If you live in central Australia, mm. you have to go west. East. East. never eat soggy wheat bix right that's how you remember it but i love soggy wheat bix do you when it's warm warm milk Mm. you go against the curve i always have right it's good to know (laughs) another pinball competition happening very shortly 16th of june in fact is a pinball competition in wollongong uh the competition is hosted by our friend paul jones currently the Australia's number one ranked pinball player. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he has an immaculate collection of pinball machines. And um, I'm going to that. John, you're not going. No, I wanted to. But you had something else on. Yeah. Matt, you're still thinking about it? it we'll say that, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, that should be a lot of fun. And again, I'll be if done thinking as soon as we stop recording. <laughs> <laughs> if you're interested in going to that, again, go to Game the System forums. You can check out the thread there. Uh, it's a fantastic. It will be a fantastic competition. We know mm-hmm. because Paul Jones' collection is amazing. Mm-hmm. The only criticism I can make is that Paul Jones has named it the worst pinball tournament in the history of the world. He's called it PJ's Pinball Tournament. Huh. What? Which is just... There's no flair. There's no flair. There's no, you know... It doesn't strike me as the kind of guy that really is into flair. Yeah, I guess so. (laughs) Yeah. But he could have come up with, I don't know... Maybe you can be his marketing manager. Southern New South Wales Pinball Championship. Mm. Or, I don't know... Maybe he didn't want to be that assuming that he'd be the only Southern New South Wales Pinball Championship. But maybe he should be, is what I'm saying. But then that puts him into some kind of competitional situation. He's the number one ranked player in the world. Uh, Australia. <laughs> Australia. Australia, Whoa. sorry. In the world. <laughs> Soon. Um, of course he's in the competition. Yeah, that's true. 
That's a good point. He does strike me as that kind of person. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that should be really cool. So check out Game System forums. Brainstorm ideas for names. Maybe we should. <coughs> and then print a bang it, banner and bring it down. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is a coup. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Another competition. Battle of the Arcades. Have you guys heard of this? Uh, what's that? I've, I've heard whispers. You've heard whispers? Well, interesting. when I say heard whispers, I mean I've seen it on social media. <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm pretty much the same. I don't have a lot of information about this, but as far as I understand it, um, Battle of the Arcades, it started in the US, and it's a competition that's held in multiple arcade, like barcades and mm-hmm. things like that, around the US. Um, each arcade chooses maybe three games to mm-hmm. be part of the tournament and then they accumulate all of those games and make it, say, 12 games total, mm-hmm. whatever. And each of those arcades need to have those 12 games mm-hmm. and then players turn up and they qualify mm-hmm. and they get their highest scores. Right. And then they're compared against everyone else in all the arcades across the country. Right. This year is the first year that Australia is taking part. I don't mm-hmm. think this is going to be compared with the arcades in the US. I think it's a local Australian thing. Right. But it's pretty cool that this has started in Australia. Yep. Um, so the Australian arcades that are taking part are Pincadia in Queensland, Pixel Alley in Victoria, mm-hmm. Player One in Western Australia, One Up Arcade Australia, mm-hmm. obviously Australia, in Queensland. Mm-hmm. 1989 Arcade Bar and Kitchen. We might know that place. Mm -hmm. Game Room Essentials in South Australia. We're in that place right now. We sure are. (laughs) And Netherworld in Queensland. around us. (laughs) So they're all taking part. um, And the games being played are Donkey Kong, Frogger, Mm -hmm. Galaga, Street Fighter 2, the original, Mm -hmm. Gyrus, Pac-Man, Double Dragon, Raiden 2... Tapper, Dig Dug, Moon Patrol, and Bomb Jack. Right. That's a big list of games. Yeah. So all the arcades have to have all of those games? As far as I understand. I think he does have all those games here because a lot of those are probably in like a 16 one, as long as he has a 16 one. Mm. The the real classics like Frogger and Galaga and stuff. Mm. And then you have, um, that's probably why he has Raiden in that. Robocop yeah. Um, cab. Yeah, we were talking about that when we were having dinner downstairs earlier that he has a Robocop cab and obviously he had Robocop in it before but at the moment it has Raiden 2 mm-hmm. and obviously that's because of this competition. Is it Raiden 2 in the competition? Yeah, it's Raiden 2. Okay. Yeah. Cool. The best then, Raiden. Right. But then how? Uh, what's the setup for the competition? It's a good question. Again, I don't know the full details but... I know for a fact this Saturday is qualifying. So people, they just invite the general public as far as I I understand. Mm -hmm. You give in a scorecard, you go play the games, you try and get as high a score as possible. And then I think you just ranked amongst other players and they pick a certain amount Mm. to continue on to the finals, I guess. For the actual details, I'd suggest going to the 1989 Arcade Bar and Kitchen Facebook page. Mm -hmm. They have all the details there. I did not go through all the details, but it looks like a pretty cool competition. Okay. I love the idea of having a sort of, I don't know if you call it a uh, jack of all trades or, 
you know, a competition where you kind of have to be good at a lot of different types of games, mm. Um, mm. which sounds like that might be what it is. Yeah. And uh, I might look that up before I edit and then take this out if not <laughs> the case. But, um, yeah, I love the idea of, of, you know, like you might not be so good at shooters, but you can make up for it by being awesome at Pac-Man or something. Or, yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. Um, and then you become the representative of that arcade. Mm. Well, I imagine that's how it's going. So is any of those games in particular something you guys would think about or at least say you're a, you're good at? Uh, I don't think I excel at any of those, but um, a bunch of them, you know, th- there's a lot of classics there mm. that could have a go on. Mm. <laughs> But you think you're probably better than the average punter who just walks up and throws a coin in. Ah, uh, yeah. But there's going to be someone, I think in each of those games, probably got some gun player. Yeah. But that's the, the thing about having a competition where you have to be decent at lots of different types of games because even if you're not, like, the best at one of those games, like, even if there's someone that's better than you at every game, you could still come out on top because if you're second in everything, hmm. you'll definitely win. Yeah. Uh, or it's very, very likely overall that you would win if that's how it works. <laughs> yeah, again, we're making assumptions again. So check out the 1989 Arcade Bar and Kitchen Facebook page for the the full details. I mean, the other arcades around Australia that are hosting this also have the details on their Facebook pages, Netherworld and so forth. So it wouldn't be hard to get the actual details as opposed to listening to us making up stuff. Which again begs the question... <laughs> why we didn't do it before <laughs> because we don't research stuff okay yeah it's really that simple yeah <laughs> <laughs> um another one from you john nbn chief blames online gamers predominantly for fixed wireless <laughs> congestion talk to us yeah it was pretty funny did you not see this i, saw I this. did see some things on, in my twitter feed but i didn't go too far into it yeah i mean it's one of those things it's just typical and Without getting too political, you know, some politician has, you know, indicated in so many words that gamers are involved in bringing down the overall network speed due to their massive bandwidth requirements or something to that effect. And I think that it's something that, you know, when I looked at what was actually said, it's not that clear you know as usual it's always very ambiguous and vague what they say Mm. but um it could be taken that way and it's just such a ridiculous notion um because i know that gaming doesn't actually playing the game itself doesn't use that much network bandwidth so yeah compared to watching a video yeah Yeah, like netflix and uh, so forth yeah yeah and i did see a graph that someone had made and i think it was about, compared to, you know, watching HD Netflix, I think it was about 3% or something on average that games use mm. uh, compared to, yeah, HD video, which is, yeah. And I think he was like the, I don't know, do you know who he was? Someone no. in the NBN group or something? No, you don't? I don't know. have any front of me. Okay, that's all right. Yeah, so basically, I mean, if there's anyone that's not Australian that listens... We have this whole new fiber optic network being rolled out slowly across the country and 
it was hamstringed by the budget at some stage. Hmm. That one well, forced to be hamstringed by budget. Mm. And uh, so a lot of people have a less than optimal connection. and It's basically obsolete as it's being rolled out. Yeah. Which is a whole other argument. But, uh, yeah, politicians throwing blame around. And this time they're blaming the gamers. Mm. <laughs> when in doubt, blame the gamers. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm. One but day gamers will be the politicians. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Yeah. <laughs> There's a new barcade opening in Perth called the Palace Arcade. Apparently this will have around 100 classic arcade games, which is wow. pretty huge. Uh, they'll have a swipe card for playing during the weekend, but it's all on free play during the week. Uh, I don't really have too much detail on this. It was a very brief news story, but apparently this will open up at the end of winter. I would direct you to their website, but it doesn't work mm. as of this recording. How many of those games do you think are redemption games? No, it's all classic stuff. Wow. This is a personal collection of the guy who's opening the arcade, the barcade, I should say. Mm-hmm. It's all classic stuff like Star Wars and all of those kind of games. Mm-hmm. So it looks like it's going to be really impressive. But like I said, they've, they've got a URL, thepalacearcade.com.au, but you go there, there's nothing there. <laughs> <laughs> so this could be all just bluster and nothing in particular, but mm-hmm. I read the news story. There's a couple of photos of the guy who's opening it up. Apparently it's opening at the end of winter. That's as much as I know. Mm-hmm. So keep an eye on the news, I guess, or keep an eye on that URL when they finally actually build a website. Mm-hmm. But until then, I guess watch that space. Mm. Mm. Exciting for people in Perth. Yeah. Yes. And then we can go on to what have we been playing or doing in gaming. I feel like I've been talking for a long time, so I'm going to ask someone else to go first. <laughs> got one thing so one yeah my god <laughs> i was trying to be i was trying to streamline this whole thing oh okay yeah that's respectable yeah i appreciate that john <laughs> also because my tv has been on and off i've spent a lot more time looking at that than playing games hmm. fair enough hmm. do you want to talk about something matt i have one thing also oh jeez <laughs> okay Looks like you're going first, mate. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> you bastards. <laughs> okay, I'll go first. Um, I've been playing a few games. I actually had a week off work recently, so I had a lot of time to play games. In fact, I had a bit of a, a revelation in that I realised I actually really enjoy playing games mm. when I have the time to play them. Yeah. When I'm not going to work and commuting to work and from work, which Mm. takes over 13 hours for me in my particular situation per day, Mm -hmm. I actually have time to play games and I enjoy it and it's fun. It's great. Mm -hmm. So um, 
I picked up uh, Bloodvania, Castle of the Moon. Mm-hmm. Before you go too far, just yes. on what you were talking about, you know, feeling good playing games. Mm-hmm. I think part of that for me, there's a there's a guilt like when you uh, have a lot of commitments, other commitments. Um, you might have time to play, but then when, even if you have time, you feel guilty about it. Yeah. When you do spend the time on exactly playing games, because right. you feel like you should be attending to your other commitments. And not only that, it's it's a feeling of I've got this amount of time to be able to do this activity. Mm. I need to be enjoying it. Mm. Yeah. And any slight thing that gets you frustrated or annoyed mm. or or makes you feel like you're not enjoying it to the level where you should be, you start thinking about, well, I, I could be doing these 50 other things yeah. that I could be doing with my time. Yeah. And so I found that where... I could be out the back sketching a gum tree. <laughs> that would be more constructive than this. Hmm. That's not something that came into my mind, but <laughs> I like where you're going. Um, but yeah, and so I, I never felt I was in the right frame of mind to sit and just enjoy a video game. Mm-hmm. And so obviously I'm a collector. I have a lot of I get a lot of pleasure in collecting. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't so much in the playing of games that I particularly took a lot of enjoyment in. Yeah, which was yeah. It was almost hurtful to me to walk <laughs> into that room of unattended games. Attended not played. Attended? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, either way, I mean, yeah, and that's when I, having that week off work where I could just sit there and go, I have nothing else to do. Mm. Why don't I just chuck on a game and play it and enjoy it? Mm. And I had a lot of fun. I'll always remember when I really got into Oblivion on Xbox 360. Back then, and the same happened with World of Warcraft. It was at a time in my life where I was like, I've got shitloads of time. I need something that... I can really sink my teeth into and spend some time on. Mm. And thinking about that now, I'm just like, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I could never, ever I'd do that now. Like, I feel like, I don't know why it's so different now, but mm. yeah. Well, I think from in my particular case, I mean, I obviously commute a very long way. Mm-hmm. So I'd You need probably, a Nintendo Switch. Well... <laughs> There's that, I guess. <laughs> but um, I, I commute for over four hours per day. You would have finished Zelda already. If you had that. <laughs> in one trip. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's it's tough for me in my particular situation. I think a lot of people in Sydney are in similar situations because mm-hmm. getting about in Sydney is a goddamn pain in the ass, mm-hmm. And to be able to afford to live in Sydney... A lot of people have to live outside of the CBD, yet work in the CBD. Yeah. So, it is difficult. Time mm. is a problem. Mm. Um, so, yeah. I, yeah. I found that as some sort of... I wouldn't say revelation. I guess I did say revelation, but mm. it was kind of realising I do like playing games mm. when mm. I have the time to yeah. play them, yeah. to relax and just play them. Mm. So, going from that... Let me ask you this now. What I find is that once I've accepted that I really enjoy playing games and it's okay to spend time playing games, then do you ever feel like 
frustrated about what game to play and oh, yeah. sometimes you play something and think I don't know if I'm enjoying this. Yeah, I can Maybe I should play, play this play other something thing. else. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I've got a pretty big backlog of stuff I can go to. Yeah. Yeah. But one of those games I did go to, mm-hmm. pretty good segue yep. there, <laughs> is again Bloodvania Castle of the Moon. Now, I've been calling it Bloodvania Castle of the Moon for a while. Mm. So much so, I can't actually remember what the real name of the game is. Bloodstained. Bloodstained, that's oh. the one. Bloodstained Curse of the Moon. Yep. Yeah, that's the name of the game. <laughs> uh, we talked about this last podcast. It's a it's a eight bit themed mm-hmm. game, mm-hmm. Uh, very much something you would expect to see on a Nintendo NES. Yep. But it's released. I don't know. It's what three weeks old? Two weeks old? Two weeks old. It came out, I think, the day after we recorded last time. Yeah, that's or right. Or something a few days after. Yep. Yeah. And it's kind of a side project on the on the larger Bloodstained Kickstarter campaign where there's going to be a, a full modern 3D game produced from right. the person who, who made Symphony of the Night and so forth mm-hmm. and Castlevania game. Mm-hmm. So this is the side project. It's, a again, an 8-bit styled game. Um, so I sunk in a good amount of time on this um, and it's really really fantastic i really enjoyed it it feels just like those old school castlevania games did mm-hmm. um the 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 graphics and you know it's kind of funny talking about graphics it's not really graphics it's the art style it's mm-hmm. beautiful like the mm-hmm. pixel work mm-hmm. the the music is fantastic again mm-hmm. and it's it's got a really interesting mechanic where i think we touched on it last podcast you pick up new characters as you go through the game yep and that gives you extra abilities mm-hmm. and that allows you to go into or, or take other paths through levels that yep. you couldn't do before right because you've got these extra abilities yep and you can switch between these characters at any time mm-hmm. um, you just press the R1 button and R and L1 button or mm-hmm. something like that switch between the characters yep so yeah it's really Really, really cool. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I picked it up too on Switch, mm-hmm. and I really enjoyed it too. I should say I picked it up on PS4. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but go on, John. Sorry. Yeah, that's all right. Um, so, yeah, I really enjoyed it too, and it it felt very good. And one thing I was wondering was, do you think that this game could be played on a NES? Uh, as it is or like I'm wondering how much have they used modern technology to you know add in extra animations or Mm. you know is is the graphics in this game like truly 8-bit yeah it's a good question I think it doesn't have sprite flicker which Mm. I think the NES is well known to have I guess that's an obvious thing that you would expect not to be Mm. in a modern game yeah so, it, yeah, all of that's completely smooth. It doesn't have slowdown, right. which you would expect on an NES again. Mm. The amount of colours, uh, it seems like the same colour palette mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. But again, I'm not super feel familiar with the NES, but it, it feels, even if there are colours that they're displaying that couldn't be displayed on the NES, the colour palette or the, or the number of colours feel right yep. for an 8-bit game. Right. 
one thing that struck me about the colors is, was the actual main character themselves were predominantly a color and I realized that they had basically a color scheme for each of the characters because yep. there's the four characters. Yep. Um, and I wasn't sure if that was... I, I, I kept, for, First, I thought that was a stylistic thing and I felt like it was a throwback to NES games hmm. because when I looked at it, the first thing I thought was I actually don't like the way that the main character looks. Hmm. But then when I realized it was part of the color coding of each different character thought well maybe this is something to do with the actual mechanics of the game and not just the way the characters are designed yep um that's a good point i didn't actually think about that but it it does help when you switch to a character to be able to visually and quickly understand what character you have chosen and mm. that's uh represented in the colors because mm. like you were saying they're pretty much just two color mm. so there's the wizard who's yellow, yellow. and white mm. there's the the girl with the whip who's purple and white mm -hmm. there's the main guy who's pretty much red and white mm -hmm. who has the sword mm -hmm. and then the the vampire mm -hmm. i think he's a couple more colors i yeah. think he's red blue and purple and white something like that mm -hmm. but that sounds right yeah yeah actually i didn't think of that he's he seems normal normally colored yeah <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> but um yeah it's it was really cool and uh, so I finished it all the way through. Mm -hmm. Once you finish it all the way through, you, it, it tells you that, well, I'm, I won't spoil anything, but basically you need to go through it again okay. on another separate difficulty level. Which would have felt familiar to you <laughs> being a... Yeah. Goblins yeah. and creatures. Ghouls and ghosts, ghosts and goblins <laughs> and all of those kind of things. <laughs> almost want to say it like wrong just to annoy you <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah when you go through it Gretchen's the second time around the second yeah. time <laughs> the second time around yeah there's and again again i won't spoil it but it places limitations on you in a certain way that forces you to use the abilities of the other characters in a much more considered way mm. that sounds and it cool. really opens it up like in the first playthrough you kind of use the extra characters as like you know side characters mm -hmm. things to do particular things at a particular point in time mm. whereas the second time through you're almost forced to explore those characters a lot more mm -hmm. and and play them properly mm -hmm. um and that that felt really rewarding to me because mm -hmm. you're doing things you weren't doing the first playthrough yep and the second playthrough as well there's actually a probably two or three extra stages that you have to go through. So it's not just mm -hmm. a simple matter of going through the game again. Mm -hmm. You're actually going through a, a a reasonable part of extra game. Yep. So um yeah, it was really really cool. Really enjoyed it. Mhm. Mm yeah. It was good. I didn't finish it, but I think I think they got the difficulty level pretty right. Uh you haven't got very far, have you? Uh I haven't <laughs> finished it. I haven't got through the first playthrough. How far have you gone? Yeah, but I mean, if you've finished it and then are going on a second playthrough, it's going to be hard. Like, it's meant to be hard, right? No, it's... What I was going to say there was that the difficulty quickly ramps up. Ah. So maybe after three levels, 
the difficulty boosts significantly. Right. Yeah, no, I got to like level seven or something. Okay, yeah. all right. How many levels are there? It's probably not too many more than that, actually. I think I, <laughs> I thought there was six originally, and that's why I stopped at seven because I thought that that was the end of the game, and hmm. I pushed myself to get to that, and then I did that, and I'm like, there's another level. <laughs> right. Did you get to the ship? Yes, I think that was six. Okay. That was the last boss. I right. Think. So I think there's two more levels after that. Right. So there's probably eight levels. This is kind of important. What difficulty level were you playing on? I think just whatever the def- default is. There's veteran and there's casual. Oh, it defaults veteran. on veteran. Veteran. Okay. Because what I only found out afterwards, uh, finishing the game, was that veteran, it describes it as like a, a mode for like the true retro player. Right. Um, and then casual is... They describe it as kind of like a, a a good experience for a casual player, obviously, but mm-hmm. it gives you infinite lives. Plus, more importantly, monsters don't knock you back when they hit you. Ah. And the big boost in difficulty on veteran is that in the later levels, there's so many of those random mobs, mm-hmm. we would call them, coming out and hitting you off these really small platforms mm. and you just die. Actually, I remember one of the most frustrating places was... A thing where there was a bunch of small platforms with holes in between mm-hmm. and there were these like giant ants or something that were jumping between the platforms uh, yes yeah. and it was really something about the arc of their jump and oh, it was the frogs right uh no they weren't frogs they were i remember the frogs were really annoying too it wasn't mm-hmm. the frogs because the frogs move really quickly yeah these things weren't so quick but it was something about them they were just quite it was just weird the way that they moved mm. and it was hard to predict and the only way I could beat it was, well, <laughs> I mean, I don't know if there's spoilers. I found a really easy way to beat it and I was kicking myself for not doing that earlier. Right. Should I should I say what it is? I don't think it would be a spoiler. Okay. Well, it, I was, it's, it's like the handy hints section. Yeah, <laughs> it's like the handy hints section. Um <laughs> For ages, I was trying to beat this bit. I don't know why, with, like, the sword guy. And then I even tried with the girl with the whip. And I was thinking, maybe I need to use an upwards attack because you've got, like, the special attacks which will shoot up or Mm -hmm. in an angle. Because they were kind of coming from an angle. So I was trying to do this for ages. And then I'm like, I could just use the wizard with the fire shield and just walk straight through it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I did that, and it was I was done in two seconds. Yeah. Now, that's not a spoiler. As I I said, as the game goes on... (laughs) You start realising you need to make right. use of those quite a bit. Right, yeah. Yeah, they're an integral part of the game, actually. Right. So there's certain parts that you need, you know, uh, to use those, like, certain skills. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, and, yeah, it was kind of surprising to me how blatant they were in some respects in borrowing Castlevania themes. I mean, obviously, it's based on Castlevania. It's made by or directed by the guy who made a lot of Castlevania games. Mm -hmm. But there were certain parts of it that were just so Castlevania, like even to the point where the tune in one of the last levels borrows little bits from, like, really popular Castlevania tunes. Mm -hmm. Um, And fans will pick up on that immediately. Mm -hmm. Normal people probably would not. Um, the this isn't a spoiler, 
one of the last bosses throws a wine glass on the ground, mm-hmm. like the classic, you know, thing that happens in Symphony of the Night where Dracula throws a wine glass on the ground and has his big sort of speech thing that I he think does. I did this one too. Is that the umbrella woman that's in the bath? No. Okay. No. It's a different part. Okay. Um, what else? There was an... Oh, yes. There's another, another part that... A particular thing that I absolutely loved about Super Castlevania 4 on the Super Nintendo, and it's kind of a... It's a secret... Mm-hmm. But obviously, it's part of Castlevania culture now, so a lot of people know it. But um, yeah, in uh, Bloodstained, I was going to call it Bloodvania again. <laughs> in Bloodstained, there's a particular part at a similar area in this game as what it is in Super Castlevania 4 that is almost exactly the same. And oh. it's so awesome when you notice it and you go, oh. <laughs> Here's this hidden secret that was in the original, well, in one of the older games, and it's in this new thing as well. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. Mm. But yeah, I'll look I, that up on YouTube. Mm. I want to see that now. Or you can finish the game. But I don't know Castlevania Four. Ah, uh, yeah. So you probably wouldn't notice it. Mm-hmm. I need yeah. the comparison video mm. <laughs> from the experts. So yeah, that's a really cool game. I'd um, recommend it. I had a lot of fun with it. Have you played that game, Matt? No. You're not a Castlevania guy, are you? No. No. Are you won't be interested. An action platformer guy? Uh, uh sometimes. I, yeah. I mean the I'll go with no. I mean <laughs> I'm sure there's some that I've played and enjoyed. No. But I mean I the ultimate the ultimate insult is when you told me to play Super Metroid. And I played it for 10 minutes. I thought, this is a terrible game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so many people are going to be angry with that. Statement. So much. When and where so was that? So angry with the backtracking and killing enemies again. Where was so that? I stopped. Huh? Where, where did you do that? Oh, many, many years ago. Oh, okay. Mm. Right. Yeah. Super Metroid's so good. If, um, yeah, that was, <laughs> that was actually one thing that I had a realization playing this and uh, Bad Dudes versus Dragon Ninja made me think even though Bad Dudes versus Dragon Ninja is we're calling it a beat 'em up it made me realize I, I like action platformers mm. I think I'm an action platformer guy I think it's my favorite genre of game yeah yeah <laughs> all right so we should move on yep who wants to go next okay you're looking okay. at me do you want to go well I was looking at both of you really but it, yes it's, it's River A time <laughs> that's all I do. <laughs> Is that a Apparently. complete cartridge without a? You're label? reaching over. Well, I have more show and tell, which I know works great on the podcast. Yeah, it works <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> the story. So last time, uh, the story we're at this point so where I basically had the game working, right? Last time yeah. on the River Road update, <laughs> I was, it was almost complete. Like I could, I could just sit there, put it together, get the label, and be done. Mm-hmm. But no. You're because still going. I know. Because <laughs> of the, the other discussion about having Kaboom at 60 hertz, I actually went back and made a River Raid at 60 hertz. Oh. And then put that onto a ROM and started playing it. I thought, this works great. <laughs> and then I looked at the ROM chips I have. They're actually 8K EPROMs. And all the Atari games, if, unless you do banking, is 4K. Mm-hmm. River Raid's a 4K game. I'm putting it on 8. Mm-hmm. I could actually fit both the 60 hertz and 50 hertz on the same chip hmm. in the same cartridge 
And all I'd have to do is figure out a way to switch between the games. You can have both. Mm. So I have a question, mm. which is probably going to sound stupid. Yeah. Can you switch it in this theoretic game where you have a switching, or maybe it's real, I don't know, he's pulling something out. Mm. <laughs> um, can you switch it, switch it to 60 hertz on a Australian PAL CRT and it's going to work? Um, yeah, so all you should have to do is uh, tune the V-hold till, the, till it locks in. Oh. It'll probably be fine. Probably. Yeah. Well, it works on my PVM, but right. <laughs> I understand that's a bit of a cheating way to do it. Hmm. But I, I think I had a TV back in the 80s, 90s that, that would have worked like this. You could, just, you could just skew the V-hold so much that it would lock into a 60 hertz and be fine. Okay. It might squash a bit or something, but... You, you could do it. Right. Okay. Hmm. And so, since then, the whole time since the last podcast, I've been trying to figure out a way to do how to switch between games. Mm-hmm. And Mark Williams said he's on the side of doing a solid state solution where in there's an, a 32-in-1 cartridge you can get for the Atari where you just flip on and off switch over and over and it goes to the next game. Oh, so that's a bit weird so you put the game in you know turn it on it's game one and then you go off on and then it's game two and off on it's game three how, huh. does, how does that work it has a binary counter chip you ah. know and a capacitor that keeps the counter uh, right. on while yeah. the system is switched off mm-hmm. for a short time right so it mm. just counts up every time you toggle the power uh. right technology technology right so I looked at a way <laughs> trying to do that but I would need a lot. It actually takes a lot of space in the cart, which I've got Haven't space, you got heaps of space in that thing? Do I know, but... <laughs> look, that's one look thing. Look the space in there. I know, I know, but look. It, it would ruin... It's perfect. Look look at it. <laughs> there's there's one, like, little pride thing that people do. It's the Da Vinci of cartridges. People that are doing PCB design, if you don't need any veers, you've done a good job. Now, if you have to stitch traces go through the board to the other side that's a bit of a shame thing mm, right i see so there's no veers on this board right now but if what? i if i have to do this thing with the binary counter yeah there's no way for people that don't know mm. what's a what's a veer um so you have traces on a pcb mm-hmm. you have traces it's just light wires that are stuck in the board mm-hmm. to connect one bit to another and they're only ever on one side or one layer mm-hmm so this is a two-layer board. So I've got things on the top and things on the bottom. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you have to go have a wire going from here and then to the other side of the board, you have, they end up drilling a hole mm-hmm. and plating the hole uh, with okay. the conductor. So the wire goes from there to the other side and then it's over here. Yep. Hmm. Um, or you could solder you a wire on one side and wrap it around and yeah, solder sure. it on the other. <laughs> that'd be what I'd do. Yeah, that'd yeah, so that they call that a bodge. That'd save. Yeah, so if, yeah, you, well, if you you've, if you've designed your board and found that there's some issue that you've got to fix, you just solder a wire in. That's a bodge. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like it'll definitely um, save you from the shame of the circuit <laughs> designers. <Right. laughs> so so if I discount doing this binary counter thing I've trying to, been trying to look for switches that are small enough to fit inside the case here mm. and I uh, started with doing try, looking for slide switches so you would you know if you want to switch the game you just pull it out of the Atari and mm. move a little switch mm-hmm. you know and then put it back in there's there's some 
multi-games. Like, you would also get 32-in-1s for the Atari. They had to just have dip switches exposed. Mm. And I think probably other systems had this too. And you just mm. dip switch, select the game. Yep. But I can't do that because I can't... I'm not going to cut open this case. Mm. Mm. The cartridge. Yeah. You love it too much. So what I found recently was a these clickable switches... They just click on and off. Oh, yeah, I've seen those before. Yes, but this, this one I'm holding in my hand, which just arrived in the mail today, so I haven't even tried it. <laughs> uh, it's the smallest, it's the lowest profile I could get. So my idea, I'm going to blow your mind right now. Oh my <laughs> Not God. anyone who's listening because they can't see this. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that, that John had suggested, no, you, you remarked last time about the spring-loaded yeah. thingies. Yeah. Oh, I can use out. the spring-loaded thingy as the switch to change the game. <laughs> but how do you... <laughs> <laughs> what? So you have to take the cartridge out and put it back in. So that's one option, yeah. So if the if the thingy on your Atari is stiff enough, yeah. Mm. If you want to switch games, you will just turn off the system, go pull it out and put yeah. it back in, switch on at the other game. How much time do you have? Infinity. Really? Because right, this this is a latching switch, so it oh. clicks, clicks on and then it clicks off. Right. That's a really good. So way to do that so you have any, blown my mind yes i was so happy when i found this solution i, I was like yes so for anyone I, who i'm so satisfied it, with so that's going to work that the spring loady uh, doobie what's it's going to hit the switch and magic things happen okay even if it doesn't you would pull out the game and just stick your finger in here and, and click it and i'll right. i'll put a thingy on the label to say so before right. we go too far yeah <laughs> Could, can we explain for people that don't know atari <laughs> AKA me yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and anyone else uh, that doesn't know Atari. So this cartridge has these two little things inside it. Yeah. Um, and what do those actually do? So this, so on on the four and six switch Ataris, they have a dust cover covering the cartridge slot. It's like a Super okay. Nintendo cover. Do they? Yeah. When you push in the cartridge, it pushes that flap down. It's a dust cover. Okay, this the Atari ones are more complicated. Why do you need a dust mm. cover when the cartridge is in the thing? Not for when it's not in the thing. Ah, oh, okay. Same as the Mega Drive, it's got those two flaps. Right, but okay, but so the Atari one is more complicated than that. Okay, so, so those you could just you, you know just push, push the it game out of the way with your hand, yeah. and yeah. actually when you're putting the cartridge in, it just pushes it out of the way. Yeah. yeah. On the old Atari, there's there's two prongs that have to mate with something inside the Atari to shift yep. the dust cover out of the way it's yep. you can't do it with your hand right hmm. and so that's what these two poles are they press into hmm. a thingy so on the inside of hmm. the uh, atari um cartridge there's two little sticks <laughs> either side of the pcb which push into holes in the machine that's right and that opens the dust cover yes hmm. right and actually on the on the first party atari cartridges there's something it does the reverse as well. So these Activision ones, they're all open. You can just see through the bottom. Mm-hmm. The real ones have a cover here as well. So oh, they do that's it, right. They do, they do it both they? ways. On yeah, the cartridge yeah. as well. Yeah. <laughs> but Activision don't. Yeah. I, wonder if, cheap I wonder how that actually affected the, uh, you know, how much you had people blowing on cartridges or the fail rate of the actual cartridges to have those dust covers on the thing itself. Do you mm. think it made a difference? Oh, maybe not because I think the the meme is mostly around the NES. Yeah. And the NES had a like a sort of big flap that you lift up manually mm. and then put the cartridge in. Yeah. And how do you describe this? And then you're like away from you as opposed to down. Yeah, but also you have to 
click the cartridge down. Yeah, that's right. It's this whole contraption, and yeah. that's part of the reason why they were unreliable. Yeah, so it's not related to dust. Well, but the cartridge itself doesn't have its own dust cover. Like if right. you, well, it you. does, but if the person doesn't put it in to its dust cover, yeah, and just leaves it on their carpet, that's when they end up having to blow on it because there's dust inside, mm. Mm. right? Well, I'm very, <laughs> I'm very happy with my solution though. Is I just got work? this stuff. Well, I have no idea. I, I'm gonna make this work because <laughs> I think this is the way it's gonna happen. So just to re- recap again, so you, you're using one of those poles on the um, the thing that removes the dust cover, mm. and you put the switch on the inside of the cart so that yeah. when they p- go into that thing and push the dust cover, they'll also push the switch. Yeah. So every time you put it in, you're switching the game that's activated. Yeah. Yeah. That's the idea, and I like my idea. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's a pretty cool idea. Can I ask another question? Mm. No. How hard would it be to um, make a basic program to switch between the two games? Um, difficult. Because okay. the maximum amount of memory it can address, that Atari can address, is 4K. Right. So to be able to do more in a cartridge, you have to go through all these complicated routines to... Okay. Make it switch banks. Right. So real games did this, but... It's easy it's to just do the physical swap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. And cooler, one would say. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Anyway. Yeah. Are you done with your uh, River Raid update or is there more? Well, I mean, the only other thing I'd say is I lost the spring. So <laughs> I, so these, these spring-loaded poles... I was right around the time I had the idea to do this. I was bucking around with the cartridge, you know, with it open, obviously. And, you know, I'm I'm pressing on the things and obviously the spring flies out of the thing <laughs> all the way across my room. I've got no idea where it went. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, that's funny. Have you just got stuff everywhere? Or did it just like, disappear into the ether? <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, it bounced off the wall in front of me and I think I heard it behind me somewhere <laughs> it, it could be anywhere it's the same color as my carpet mm. uh, you could know. have taken your eye out you know <laughs> yeah yeah you should be thankful springs yeah. are dangerous mm. yeah they can be but not as know. dangerous as crt monitors but so dangerous. does that mean you have to get another cartridge <laughs> i hope not <laughs> just for the spring <laughs> yeah <laughs> maybe you can make well you might need a different spring anyway for the side that has a switch on it I may not need the spring. I hope I don't need a spring. Maybe the switch the has, switch an, has enough spring in it. Uh, maybe. <laughs> Wait, these these are things we'll find out and I'll reveal on the next podcast. Cool. I'm on the edge of my seat. This is getting complicated and complicated. Yeah. And more entertaining. <laughs> All right, cool. My yeah. mind was blown. Mm. Mm. So was mine. <laughs> was your mind blown, John? It took me a while to understand what was going on. So it took a while for you to blow. If you can imagine a s- very slow explosion. I can, and I'm uncomfortable with that. <laughs> Let's okay. move to you and your update. Um, well, we had a bit of an adventure. Did we? To MacArthur Square. Oh, yeah, we did, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. Where I picked up that Mega CD men- previously mentioned... Mm. On the podcast. I kept recommending 
MacArthur Square. Mm. I keep going to call it Macquarie Square. I don't know why. My wife gets angry when I call it Macquarie Square. <laughs> MacArthur Square, which is a shopping <laughs> centre in Campbelltown. She gets angry? Why does she get angry? Not really angry. Oh. Not, not angry, angry. Just tired of your rubbish Just angry. frustrated that I keep getting things <laughs> wrong. <laughs> um, and this particular shopping centre has a Game Traders. Mm. A Game Traders that I keep mentioning on the podcast because it's, got it's a lot pretty of bloody good. Yeah, It's got a Hobby Co as well. It does. It has an EB. It used to not have so a game. Good. I mean, the EB was plastered in sale signs. Yeah, like, as an EB it's, does. It's that think, time of year as You well, think it was the bloody 4th of July... And yeah, it's normal. The two things that I wanted, neither of them were on sale. Typical. But yes, we did go to Game Traders. Mm-hmm. And you seem to be impressed. Yeah, it was the best Game Traders I've ever been to. My God. It was about two times the size of the other Games Traders that I've been to. Mm. And it had a lot more retro stuff, mm. which is pretty cool. And as I was explaining to you whilst we were there, I think it's... Part of that is because of the staff, because mm-hmm. one of the guys there that I've, I wouldn't say I got to know them, but I, I know a bit about them, mm-hmm. and this particular guy... Stalker style. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, he has the complete collection of PAL Master System games, all of them. Yeah. Wait. So he's a retro collector himself. Yep. He's passionate about this stuff, and he knows it. The only thing I don't like about it is I feel like the Master System games that are in the shop are like the dregs of his collection. I don't think he has anything left to put back yeah. into the store. Back in right. probably a few years ago, more than a few years ago, he did say that a lot of the stuff here is from my own collection. Mm. But I think that time has passed. So it's just the dregs that you see everywhere. Mm. You see the crappy sports games that some people seem to like. <laughs> And, uh, you know, just the ones you see everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, what was I going to say? Yeah, but there's a lot of... He had a lot there, though, that weren't crappy sports games or good sports games like 2020 Super Baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. He had a lot of other games. Like I, So, apart from the Mega CD, I also got uh, Alien... Now I've forgotten what it's called. Alien Storm? Yeah. Hmm. Alien Storm, which is, I mean, I've heard mixed things. On Mega things. Drive. Yeah, Mega Drive. Yeah. Some people seem to like it, some people don't. Mm. It's, it's a bit different, It's, but yeah. It's cool on arcade. I can't remember how good the Mega Drive version is because mm-hmm. it's been too long. Yeah, so I got that and I got on PS2 the Capcom Classics collection. That's a fantastic collection. Yeah, it's got some great One or games. two. Because there's two of them. I don't know if it had a number on it. it might have just been one. It's yeah, got Street it's Fighter on it, so it's probably one. And it's got the Makamura um, collection. Ghosts and Goblins, Ghouls mm-hmm. and Ghosts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Super Ghouls and Ghosts. Yep. Yeah. Zombies and Witchetty Grubs. Yep. Things and Doobie Watsons. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's got Final Fight. So that's how I played Final Fight. Which was good Hmm. Because I I actually Spoilers Now that I've got all these uh, Consoles And my TV When it works um, Is I I can't I don't like playing them on the computer now It just feels really like Hmm. It just feels wrong Hmm. I feel like 
yeah, using the keyboard is just doesn't feel right. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And you're so close to the screen and mm. it's all jagged and... Feel the warmth of the CRT. Yeah, that's what I want. <laughs> <laughs> um, like a mother's embrace. And I also got Fantasy Zone. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, which on I played... On the Master System. Yeah, on the Master System. I played it, that a little. It's pretty cool. I like the feeling of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so none of those, are, I would probably say, I've played enough to really talk about a lot, so I won't. But um, but yeah, the main thing was the Mega CD. So they were all just things that I saw that I wanted to get mm. while I was there. But yeah, so he had it with the Mega Drive. So I asked him if he would sell it without the Mega Drive, which we talked about before. And of course, I was right. He was happy to sell it without the Mega Drive. <laughs> <laughs> but not for much discount. No, not for a great discount. But it which was... Which was a little disappointing because it, yeah. considering what they're selling those Mega Drives by themselves for. Right. Yeah. Which was what, 199 yeah, so he had one there for 199. He had two there for 199. He had a Mega Drive 2 and a Mega Drive original, if you remember. Yeah, so I I can't see them ever selling for that because it, mm. there's a, you see them up on Gumtree and stuff fairly often and if it's 100 bucks it's probably overpriced. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So you you can definitely get them for around the $80 mark. Yeah. Um for a Mega Drive 2 with all the controller and with like a controller and cables that you need. Yeah, um, I, I'm all for. I, I certainly understand the retail aspect that they mm. need to charge more. Yeah, and I personally like paying more when it's a yeah. a store that you can go into and you can touch and feel the things that you're wanting to buy. I yeah. like that. Yeah, but 199 for a Mega Drive, it's too much. Yeah, even even with that, you know understanding of the retail sector and all that kind of stuff it's too much yeah yeah i think so too and i think that the only people that are going to spend that are people that are not doing research and you've got a really good chance that they will buy it then go home and then someone will tell them or they'll look online and realize i just got ripped off Mm. you know um Mm. and i think that's bad for retail business because they'll never go back then to that shop, you know, mm. and they just feel really crappy about it. It's different though, you know, if it was like $120 or something, I think that's kind of like, well, I'm paying more because it's a retail store and I know that I can take it back if something goes wrong, mm. you know. it's. I don't know if they offer a warranty. Sometimes they'll offer like a three-month warranty on secondhand stuff. Mm. Um, I don't know if they do at Game Straighters, but... Yeah, I'm you know, not sure. Often those are the types of things you get from a retail store that you won't get when you buy it, you know, from Gumtree or eBay. I mean... Yeah, they definitely say you can bring it back. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, he told me I could bring it back if there was something wrong. So that's, yeah. you know, from personal experience. But I don't know how, you know, the, what the length is of or bringing it back. A, if you come yeah. back in three months, then maybe they'll yeah. go, uh... And there's a difference between a warranty and a return policy. Like Yeah. Yeah, return right. is just return, whereas warranty is like a guarantee that it will work. Yeah. So, you know, or that it will be repaired or whatever. Um, but yeah, but yes, I mean, yeah, so it, the discount wasn't as good as what I was hoping, but it was exactly the minimum that I said previously when we were on the way there mm. that I said I would ex- ex- I would accept. Mm. And 
Yeah. And so... It's I'm funny because you did say, oh, I bet they offer me this. Yeah. And that's what happened. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I was kind of like, that was like my most conservative amount that I would accept. And I didn't, I didn't think that he would take that much off. I thought he would take more. Um, Do you have any qualms with saying how much oh, it was? No, or? no, I don't know why we're being all like close. Coy. Yeah. So basically <laughs> it was... The, it was two ninety nine for the Mega Drive and the Mega CD together. Yep. Um, and it's not boxed or anything. Um, it must have had two controllers because he gave me one controller, hmm. which I didn't expect. But that was nice because I didn't have that the standard three button controller anyway, and it feels really good. Hmm. Um, so. Oh, was it was standard three button. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, those original three button uh, Mega Drive pads are really nice. Yeah. The six button ones don't feel as good to me. It felt very flat when I first was holding it, but um, but I like it. I like the mm. feel of it. The buttons feel really good. Hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's two ninety nine, and I. Had some, I took a bunch of trade-ins because I'm like, I've got a bunch of games that I pretty much know I'll never play. And one of them was Double Dragon on Master System. Mm. <laughs> and I, that I thought got, you did play that. I, I played it, but I don't think I'll ever play it again. Oh, I get it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then there were some other sports titles like Great Volleyball and there was a golf one. And I had some loose carts, which I had doubles of as well. Shark Fu. I had Shaq Fu. Shaq Fu, sorry. <laughs> yeah, which I'll never play. I, I I couldn't even play a full game of that. Like, I played one round and got to the second round, and I was like, yeah, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then, yeah, so I had that, and uh, some Xbox 360 games, which you ended up grabbing off me because you wanted them for your collection. I took four or three? Three, I think it was. Okay. Gears of War 2, Mass Effect and Resident Evil 5. Yep. yep. Which helped a lot because what you were willing to give me was definitely a lot more than what he would have given me. I took Gears of War 1 and he was going to give me 60 cents for it. <laughs> yeah, that's... <laughs> and I was I, like... I can understand that. Like, they look up on their database yeah. and go... This is worth nothing. There's a million of these. If we're going to take it, we'll give you what we can probably get back from it, which is probably not even 60 cents. They're yeah. not going to be able to sell it. Yeah, he's probably going to put it on the shelf for 10 bucks. Yeah. Something like that. And it'll that. sit there for two years yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so... And then I thought he's probably going to give me about a quarter of what he's going to sell this for like for all my trade-ins, which I think it turned out to be even less than that. And I think that I didn't get a lot. It worked out to be about, it was just under $40 worth of value for my trade-ins, hmm. um, which is a lot less than what I was hoping, but yeah. And I um, gave you that for those three Xbox 360 yeah. games. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that was really helpful. So thank you for that. No, Thanks that's for all right. funding my... Um, purchase. <laughs> no, it's cool. I'm I'm glad to pick up games that. I mean, I, I'm never going to play them. Yeah. I'll be honest. But RE5 in particular, I've always wanted. So I was very keen mm -hmm. to add that to my collection. And you just happen to have it there. Mm -hmm. And why not? These are all games that I bought like full price 
when they first came out mm. as well. Mm. So, and I've held on to them. I don't even know why, because I've gotten rid of other games, just happened to hang on to those. Mm. They might have been packed away somewhere, and yeah. Um, yeah, and then, so, then I asked him if he would take the Mega Drive out, which I was sure he would, because that would be, I think it'd be easier to sell on its own, mm. not at $199, but mm. be easier to sell on its own. And so he took off $50 off the price, which is the exact amount that I said I would accept. And that was my minimum. Like, if he doesn't give me more than $50 off for taking that off, then I'm not going to... Then I'll just buy the whole thing and sell it because I knew I could easily... I could put it up for $60, $70 and sell it instantly. Yeah, that's right. Um, So I probably still could have done that, but eh, it's just the convenience and Mm. all that sort of stuff. Um, and also just not having to outlay. It's like an investment. <laughs> mm. um, so, yeah, did that. And then I did my trade-ins. And I think in the end, once I got all my trade-ins and the money you gave me, it only cost me like $120 or something. Which is pretty damn good for a Mega CD. Yeah. So it's the funny thing about it was that as far as Mega CDs go, it was very reasonably priced, which is surprising compared to the way other things were priced. Mm. Because they do go for two hundred dollars, three hundred dollars. Mm. Um, like you, yeah. The only other choice of buying one whenever you want is about three hundred dollars, mm-hmm. and that's coming from the UK. Or and then you get a UK power supply, which is fine, but the plugs are different, so you have to get a plug converter. Mm. Um, and then if something's wrong with it, you have to try and work out how you're going to send it back. And yeah. Then, yeah. Yeah, so that's the convenience of buying it from the retail shop is, yeah, you don't have to worry. Yeah, my other options, like I definitely could have got one cheaper from someone online, but then they have to pack it up and send it in the mail unless they happen to be close hmm. and you have to pay them through like PayPal or something and or if you do direct deposit transfer, like you don't know unless you deal with them regularly, you don't know that they're really going to deliver. Hmm. Um, so these are all the things that you pay extra for and, and I'm very happy to do that as long as it's reasonable the, the extra price yep. yeah 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 I think that that worked out quite well yeah mm. yeah and that's why I was I was keen when you first mentioned it and you mentioned the price and I was like that's actually that's an okay price mm. um, so yeah yep so I picked that up and I've been mucking around with that playing Sonic CD Ah, uh, yes. And, uh... Great game, that one. Yeah. Have I've, you been enjoying it now that you're going back through it? Yes. Hmm. More than I expected. Mm. Because sometimes I feel like Sonic games are not really for me. Like, I like to take it slow, and I don't like feeling like there's paths that I've missed because I didn't go back and look. Hmm. Um, and so sometimes I can... I can I kind of are, like, great against the way Sonic is designed. Mm -hmm. Um, But I have really been enjoying it. But I've had to consciously let go of that feeling of thinking, oh, I'm missing things. Mm -hmm. You know, I just think, oh, I'll just go through, like, I'll just keep going forward. I'll just keep going right. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's pretty much the way I've been playing it. Like, as long as I'm going right, unless I'm specifically going back to get something, as long as I'm going right, then I'm progressing and... 
I think the main thing is I want to do the boss battles because I think the boss battles in Sonic CD are a lot more interesting than in previous Sonic games. Mm. And then the other thing that's cool about it is the soundtrack. Yeah, soundtrack's pretty great. Yeah, so I actually have had the soundtrack stuck in my head pretty much all day today. <laughs> well, since you've been talking about Sonic CD, I've had a few songs stuck in my head from oh. Sonic CD. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's one that's... the. I think it's just the first level. It's got this really weird sound effect in it as it starts. And uh, I'm, I'll probably find the music just so that people can listen to it. But uh, It's a bird sound, isn't it? <clears throat> It's it could be a bird or like a crowd of, I thought it was like a crowd of people that's had some um, electronic oh. mod, 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 modulation to it or something. Hmm. <laughs> it's this really weird sound, like a cheering sound. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I know the one you mean. Yeah. Yep. I'm gonna find it so that people can hear what I'm talking about. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, that. and I played this other game, Double Switch. Which is like Night Trap. It's kind of like a spiritual successor to Night Trap. So it's just like Night Trap, but... So rubbish? Even more lame. (laughs) (laughs) Stupid. (laughs) And and at first I was like, this this isn't that bad. Like, I'm enjoying this. Um, But then I realised once I got... uh, Like, you you struggle to get through the first bit. And uh, then once I got past that, I progressed a little through the game and every time you stuff up it starts you at the very beginning oh god once i got to a level where i was like semi-competent and actually progressed like you know at least 10 minutes through the game as soon as then as soon as i you know got game over at that point i was like okay i'm done Mm. (laughs) i don't want to play through like 10 minutes again Mm. and the other thing that's really bad about the way that these games are designed is that it the game is designed in a way that forces you to not see the story. You've always got to be looking at things that... The rooms where the bad guys are so that you can trap them. And you miss all the story points where the other stuff is happening. If you mm. want to watch the main characters, you miss the bad guys. And then, the, and then it's game over. Mm. So the game pushes you away from... It's all about the story, but it pushes you away from the story. Like, how did they not realize that that wasn't going to work? It's really weird. Should I explain what it is for people that don't know? It's an FMV game? Yeah. So it's in, in, well, like Night Trap, it's in a house. Well, this is like a hotel, and there's all... You're controlling the security system where you've got security cameras, so you're watching through security cameras. They actually called it... The technology they used or the engine of the game is called U-Direct, as mm. in there's like six streams of video and you can switch between them yeah. at will. And so there's this whole thing going on in this hotel, this story, which I have no idea what it is because I was trying to play the game and trap the bad guys and uh, just weird stuff happening. And Is there girls in 90s getting grabbed by men in black? Or something, or um, not quite. Right. It's. I think it's a bit less on the nose than mm. Night Trap. Mm. Um, it. It. I think it just went really weird. Right. Um, more so than than uh, just having sexy girls and stuff. Right. So, <clears throat> yeah. But yeah. Um, so you switch between the rooms, and you've got to activate the traps. 
at the right times when the bad guys are within like the trap zone and try and capture the bad guys and you've got you've got like a certain number of misses are okay but if they get to certain places in the house like there's this power box in the basement if they switch the power box off then it's game over hmm. <clears throat> so yeah so you have to make sure you get those things but when you're doing all that you're missing all the story so i have no idea what it's about <laughs> wow okay yeah <laughs> hmm. yeah but anyway that's what i've been doing cool <laughs> no it's pretty i was really glad that you got that mega cd because i know you've been really keen to, yeah. to grab one so yeah that's really cool i think it's it's the console for me that's like really you know um it's very nostalgic for me that console even though there's not the, there's good games on it there's not heaps of games on it mm. there's a lot of pretty rubbish games on it mm. um there's definitely some good ones though like i got soul feast as well and i played that a little bit and it's um pretty cool mm. yeah awesome thing that I've been playing in my week of holiday is that I had a strange hankering to go <laughs> back to Bayonetta 2. Um, so I'm a huge fan of the original Bayonetta. Mm-hmm. It's one of the best games ever. Um, absolutely loved it. And then I bought a Wii U for Bayonetta 2 because it's exclusive to the Wii U. And this is back in the day when the Wii U was released. Mm-hmm. And uh, just never really got into it. Mm-hmm. Just, I don't know, it just felt a little bit too samey to the original Bayonetta to me. Um, didn't feel like it was doing anything different. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I got probably, how far was it? Maybe 14 hours or something, which I was actually surprised to see how far I did get into it. But 14 hours into the game and then I just left it. And it's been that way for probably a couple of years. Mm-hmm. But yeah, just recently got a hankering to play it again. Um, I think it was mainly because I was doing some research on something that Edge Magazine were talking about and getting into a sort of a deep dive into the games that they rated very highly. Mm-hmm. And Bayonetta 2 was one of those games that they ordered to tend to. And as far as video game magazines go, if Edge Magazine gives a game a 10, it's either a huge controversy because, oh my God, that game doesn't deserve a perfect score... <laughs> Or, oh my god, Edge gave this game a 10 and it's the best thing in the world. Yeah. Um, and Edge isn't affiliated with any developers or no. console no, that's creators. Right. Not like Nintendo Power or... Yeah. You know. And the whole mystique around the, you know, the, the score of 10 from Edge is that they very, very, very rarely give a 10 score. Whereas other, other magazines and publications, they'll give 100% or 10 to a lot of stuff I don't think really games or anything should ever really get a 10 I can't see how so this is the whole debate yeah and this is the debate that Edge say as well is there 
actually really a perfect game. Mm. But um, and hence why I sort of got down this path, and mm. then I saw oh, they gave Bayonetta two or ten, and I thought maybe I should go back to it because I love mm. the original game so much. Mm. And this whole thing that I talked about before, where I I didn't really feel like I could enjoy games because I'm so busy and I don't have the time. I've got a week off. Why don't I go back and revisit it? Mm-hmm. So I literally dusted off my Wii U, mm-hmm. as in picked up the controller with the big screen and all of that, and it was just caked in dust. <laughs> I drew a couple of things on the on the plastic with my finger <laughs> in the dust, a little smiley face, and, <laughs> and then after doing that and taking a picture and putting it on Twitter, I got a um, what do you call it? A wet wipe or whatever, and actually cleaned it up. Mm. Fired it all up, it all worked. I was kind of surprised because I haven't used it for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Popped in Bayonetta 2 and I actually really enjoyed it. I had yeah. a lot of fun. It's um, Well, you'd expect that from a game that got 10 out of 10. You would, I guess. <laughs> but again, when I played it back in the day, which is probably a few years ago, like I said, I just it didn't really do anything for me. Right, okay. But this time it really did connect with me and maybe it's the big gap between the original Bayonetta and now this one, which mm. has been so long now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. And uh, it's interesting, again, to realise how how ingrained the whole Sega thing is mm. in the Bayonetta world. Mm-hmm. Like the, the money that you collect, they call them halos, but they're actually rings, the sonic rings. Okay. And they're just everywhere. Um, there's moves you can upgrade. Does it make the same sound as when you collect them in Sonic? No, it doesn't. No. <laughs> um, but there's moves you can upgrade to and, you know, there's the afterburner kick and mm-hmm. there's tracks in the game that are that are after, like, old school Sega stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and obviously this is exclusive to a Nintendo platform, so there's Nintendo stuff as well like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I really had a lot of fun with it. I'm not too far into it. But at the same time, I did spend 11 hours on one stage mm-hmm. just farming halos. Okay. 11 hours? <laughs> 11 hours. Is this like in one sitting or? No. Well, it was over a course of a day. That's hardcore gamer level. <laughs> yeah. I kind of thought, I got in this one particular section of this stage and it was one of, it was pretty early in the, in the game. Mm-hmm. And you could see in the shop that there were these things that you could buy you obviously couldn't buy them because it's so early in the game that the prices for them are astronomical. Yeah. But this particular part of this level, the shop was there and then there was a bunch of collectibles just all around it. Mm -hmm. So you could break open all the collectibles, you get about almost a thousand halos, then go back in the shop, then come back into the level again, Mm. break them all again, go back in the shop, come out, do it all again. and Pure grinding. Yeah. And yeah, and I did that for eleven hours. Jesus <laughs> Christ! <laughs> Upgraded a few weapons here and there. I bought a few <laughs> costumes. Mm. Um, a big part of Bayonetta is costumes, so mm-hmm. you can you can buy new weapons, and then you can buy a costume themed on the weapon. Yep. So one of them is like samurai swords that you can attach to both your hands and your feet. Mm-hmm. And the costume for that is sort of you know she's got a like a a scarf around her her, her mouth and. And, and things like that. Mm. One I was a little bit disappointed with because I saved up 30,000 halos just for this costume. Mm. 
was um, a weapon. It's it's like a bow, mm-hmm. and the costume for it was a Robin Hood hat, and that's it. <laughs> she just has this green hat on. So you kay. didn't know what it was before. No, you bought it doesn't it. show you. It doesn't show you. <laughs> Is it a green hat and nothing else? <laughs> no, she's wearing her normal clothes uh. plus a green hat. Yeah, very disappointing. <laughs> Um, but oh yeah, really enjoying it, and I'm, I'm definitely going to continue with that. Can I ask a question about it? Yes, you can. In the Wii U version, what yes. does the screen on the controller do? Exactly the same thing as what the TV does. Oh, yeah, really? Yeah. So it's just like it's like a, a switch before the switch. Right. So you can you can turn your TV off and then go in your bedroom and just play the game. Can you? There. Turn the screen off on the controller? I think you can. And during this 11 hours of grinding, (laughs) (laughs) I did think I really need to find a way to turn this screen off. Did you just like take it into the bathroom with you and stuff? No, no. Be sitting on the toilet like playing it? (laughs) (laughs) It was tempting. No one would judge you if you did that. (laughs) It was tempting. (laughs) But I think the controller lasts about two or three hours before it dies and you have to recharge it okay so it would have been great to turn off that screen and i'm sure you can i was just too lazy to look for a way to do it Mm -hmm. so while you are watching the tv everything that's playing on the tv is also playing did you ever find that distracting yeah okay particularly when it was very late at night obviously very dark that screen just you know going in your face face, yeah. yeah Because that's what I find if I ever use like a, you know, screen mirroring with a phone or something. You know, you put your phone down on the couch next to you and the maybe on what you're watching, the shot changes or something. And mm. you see like the flash in the corner of your eye and you're like, what's that? Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's just because the shot changed or something like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that would annoy me. Yeah. I'm sure you can turn it off. You must be able to turn yeah. it off. But it saves so much power on that controller. Mm. But, again, I was too lazy to check, even though <laughs> I was sitting there for 11 hours. <laughs> um, cool. And you guys are finished, so I'll just go on to my third and just very briefly mm-hmm. talk about another game I picked up, which is Hyperlight Drifter. Mm-hmm. This is a game that I knew was out on just about everything. Um but I only really got attracted to it when I was watching it on Games Done Quick. It's another game that's been introduced to me through Games Done Quick, seeing mm-hmm. people speedrun it. Mm-hmm. It's it's a... Well, the person, the developer who created it, it's pretty much one person and a couple of others that did the soundtrack and stuff like that. Um, he, he wanted to create a game that had the best elements of Legend of Zelda Link to the Past and Diablo. Mm. So it's that type of game. Mm-hmm but it's retro-themed, so it's all pixel art. Mm-hmm. It is one of the most beautiful games I've ever seen in my life. It's absolutely beautiful. Mm. It, it almost reminds me of Fez. It's kind of the same pixel art style. Um, and it just so happens that the guy who did the soundtrack for Hyperlight Drifter also did the soundtrack for Fez. Right. Um, so I picked that up, and I'm not very far into it, so I can't really... I, I, I don't think I can offer any particular good or bad, you know, mm-hmm. viewpoints or mm-hmm. anything like that. But it is an absolutely beautiful game. It looks amazing. Mm-hmm. And I picked that up on the PS4, but I think it's on just about all the, the modern stuff, including PC. Yep. 
Mm. And that's me. Cool. And that's you. Yeah. That's also you. Yeah. Mm. And right now, I need to go to the bathroom. Okay. So why don't we do that? The first time. Have a quick break. Mm-hmm. A really quick break because we've got an hour. Mm-hmm. I might grab a drink. Yeah, that's a good idea. Topic of the evening, shall we get into it? Mm-hmm. I think so. Battle of the Beat-em-Ups. Mm-hmm. Each of us chose three beat-em-up games last podcast that we believe are the best in the genre. I feel like we need some kind of theme music for the Battle of the Beat-em-Ups. Hmm. <laughs> I think we can probably find something and put it in there. Because I, I was actually thinking this could be a recurring topic for the podcast we can do battle of 8-bit computers we could do battle of the mm-hmm. arcades we could do battle of 1984 mm-hmm. there's all sorts of stuff we could do mm-hmm. um that sounds like fun mm. yes so uh with the battle of the beat-em-ups we've since gone away um and played all those games again mm-hmm. to the best of our abilities as we can um, to refresh our memories or re-spark our love for the games or destroy our own childhoods. <laughs> and the games chosen, and maybe a little fun fact on each, are as follows. Mm-hmm. So for me, I chose Final Fight, mm-hmm. made by Capcom in the arcades uh, in 1989. Very topical year. A mm. uh, little fun fact on this. The actor and comedian Robin Williams named his son Cody after the character in the game. Wow. He seems to do that. Yeah. <laughs> his daughter was called Zelda. Yeah. Or is still called Zelda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. <laughs> you seem to have taken particular amusement to that, oh, John. It's just funny the way that you said that. Like, yeah. Does he have any other children or does he just have the two? Uh, I only know the two that are named after video games. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's just yeah. Okay. It's mm. only it's only two. It's just maybe it's funny from like a mathematical point of view of like it's a sample of two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, anyway. No one else thinks it's funny. It's no funny. one else is in your particular <laughs> mind space right now, John. There's I don't not think. many people that are really. No. Not that's a good that point. It, not that it makes me special. I think you're special, John. Thanks, Mark. That's all right. Okay. My second choice was Double Dragon, made by Technos. Again, Arcade, 1987. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe you should say nomination, your second nomination. I could say that. Mm-hmm. Maybe I will say that now. <laughs> Fun fact, it's actually impossible to complete this game with two players. Mm-hmm. Because at the end, you must fight each other to the death to see who gets the goal. Mm-hmm. Mm. Bad Dudes vs. Dragon Ninja was my third nomination. <laughs> Made by Data East in the arcade, this time 1988. 
Fun fact, magazine Sinclair user awarded it the best beat-em-up of 1988. Wow. Mm. I wish that I had played this more, but anyway. Yeah, well, you live and learn. <laughs> but the you, stakes, John. The stakes are so, so high. Your Mark. first nomination. The quality of the podcast is John's first nomination. <laughs> <laughs> was Streets of Rage Remake. Yep. Made by Bomber Games on the PC in 2011. Mm-hmm. Fun fact, uh, it's a fan-made remake of Streets of Rage Trilogy for Sega. Many associate this as the real Streets of Rage 4. Mm. It contains no code from the original games at all mm. and is built from scratch. And it has 18 playable characters. That's pretty insane. Yep. Your second nomination, John. Mm-hmm. Captain Commando by Capcom mm-hmm. in the arcade, 1991. Fun fact... While not regarded a true sequel to Final Fight, the game is set in the same world, but in the future. Mm-hmm. Both games were set in Metro City, but Captain Commando was set in the year, the year 2026. Ah. Oh. Mm. Not 2049 or... 2089. No, neither of those. Right. Your third nomination, The Punisher, again by Capcom in the arcade, 1993. Fun fact, the game was the first collaboration between Capcom and Marvel, kicking off the long-running Marvel vs. Capcom series of games. This is un- which is unfortunately seems to have come to an end. Or maybe I'm just thinking of X-Men. Hmm. There's some problems with the X-Men license, yes. which is why there's not many X-Men in Marvel vs. Capcom 3 or Unlimited. Yep. Anyway, Infinite, not Unlimited. Yeah, it's kind of the same thing, it's isn't it? Pretty much the same. Yeah. And Matt. You, yes. Yeah. Hi. Hello. How are you going? Okay. That's good. <laughs> Your first nomination: Streets of Rage Two, made by Sega on the Mega Drive in 1992. Fun fact: Electronic Gaming Monthly awarded the character Blaze from Street Fighter t- Street Fighter Two. Streets <laughs> of Ra- I knew I was going to do that. Streets of Rage Two. <laughs> As the hottest video game babe. Really? Which these days is entirely inappropriate. Yeah. Mm. And would not fly at all. <laughs> yeah. Your second nomination. They did a lot Matt. of things in those magazines that wouldn't fly today. Yes. <laughs> Your second nomination, Matt, was Ninja Baseball Batman. Yes. <laughs> which I can't help laughing at that name. <laughs> Made by Irem in the arcade, again 1993. Fun fact, the characters in the game were sketched by Gottlieb Pimble's famous artist Gordon Morrison. Oh. Mm. These are all facts that are pulled from Wiki, by the way, yeah. so... That's the best place to get facts. <laughs> They're not hidden facts. They're just stuff I pulled from the internet. Mm-hmm. And your third nomination, Matt, was Vendetta mm. by Konami on the in the arcade, 1991. Fun fact, the game was censored in the Western release in the arcades removing an enemy dressed in leather who attacked players by grabbing hold of them, dry-humping them, and licking them. (laughs) Hmm. That's the sort of game Vendetta is. Well, it is a bit, yeah. (laughs) It's a very funny game. All right, so how are we going to do this? The scoring structure. So, uh, we will go around the table each ranking the games from 9 to 1. 
So the ninth being the ninth best and the first being the best best. A game that comes in at ninth for one person will get one point. A game that is ranked eighth by one person will get two points. All the way down to number one where the game will get nine points. After we've gone through all nine games from each person, we'll tally the scores and see which is the best beat-em-up of all time. Afterward, we will also take a look at the results of the poll that uh, was posted on Twitter, asking you, the readers, what you thought was the best beat-em-up of all time. So, or the, or the listeners, the readers of the poll, but the listeners of the podcast. Correct. Hmm. So let's do it. Are we ready to do this thing? Yep. yep. I'm ready. Let me pull up my spreadsheet. I've got my list, which may or may not be revised as we go. Yeah. <laughs> and we all know how this is going to work, right? Yep. Starting from nine around the table, yep. then we eight did. around the table. We just seven. go quickly, yeah? Quick. Uh, well, okay. we can justify our choices. Okay. Yeah, I think so. I think I'm going to have to. <laughs> <laughs> Um, actually, having said that, I need to revisit my list. <coughs> do you, should we start? Do you want to start with us then? Yeah, that's probably For a good idea because after organising all this spreadsheet and so on and so forth, I'd actually forgotten to, <laughs> to write down my list. So why don't one of you start at number nine? I'm ready to drop a bomb. Oh my god. Number nine. Yep. Yeah. Double Dragon. Oh, you asshole! <laughs> Get off this podcast. I think the rest of them are all better. <laughs> no. My God! Really? Yep. You're an animal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what's what's interesting about this mm. is that I knew you were going to do that, <laughs> and I don't know whether it's just to spite me or whether it's because we you what you actually believe. Yeah, no, I'm trying to be... I'm trying to... Okay, so the way that I'm doing this <laughs> is that I'm actually trying to ignore, like, any kind of nostalgic feeling, although it's, granted, pretty much impossible to do that. And I think some of my other choices are definitely based on... There is some nostalgia to it. Uh, so it's hard to ignore that, but I'm trying to do it, like, cr as critically as possible, as in that I think that the game was designed well versus, you know. And I think mm. that probably Double Dragon, I think, was very groundbreaking at the time and, and did some really good things and new things in the genre. But when I compare it to other games, I think out of that list, all the other games are better games. <laughs> That's all I can say. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, that's that's all I have to say about that. Okay, Matt, I'm still writing my list, sorry. Do you want me to say what I don't like about it? No, you can if you like. I think... Um, it's all untrue. <laughs> and you're wrong. <laughs> but please, go ahead. I think the big thing for me with Double Dragon is that I guess it's a limitation of the time or, I don't know, the AI and the hit detection is really... Not great, I guess, I find. And that makes it hard to play. I find that... I wonder if it's got something to do with just being familiar with the game mechanics. But it's like what you said when we talked about when we played Double Dragon. 
and you introduced me to the back elbow maneuver yeah and how before i was punching and kicking and getting my butt kicked if you just try and walk up to an enemy and punch him most of the time you get hit before you have a chance really to hit them like as soon as you're in range they attack Mm. and you can get caught in like this barrage of hits Mm. before you really have a chance to hit them back and it feels like there's not much chance for you to fight without taking damage yourself and i think that when a game is designed well if you uh know what to do you're always you know without without being cheesy you can win without taking any damage Hmm. and when i play a game like streets of rage without getting too far ahead of myself um there's not many situations where it feels like you can't do that Hmm. that makes sense i think i think that's a fair criticism it's Hmm. i agree you can't it's difficult to go up and just have a normal fist fight or mm. or whatever without actually taking damage yourself without knowing the deeper aspects of the of the mechanics like for instance approaching them approaching the enemy on an angle kicking them mm. close up mm. which starts the grab maneuver mm. and then you can do like the knee in the faces and then you've got a, a number of options and one of the common ones is to press the I think it's the jump button and that mm-hmm. throws them behind you. Right. So there are ways to do normal attacks without uh, receiving damage yourself. But mm-hmm. ultimately, the main failing with that game is that if you want to go through the game and complete it, you're going to be doing the elbow, yeah. which is an overpowered move. Right. So that's a that's a fair criticism. Che- cheesing, what I call cheesing it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I still yeah. think you're wrong putting it last, though. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. But no, that's fair. We'll see what you put last. <laughs> we will indeed. <laughs> Matt, you can go next. I put Captain Commando last. Oh, oh my <laughs> God. <laughs> you guys are brutal. <laughs> well, the reason is because while I was playing it, I just thought it was punishing in yeah. a way that arcade machines will do. Right. It, it, like a coin muncher yeah. sort yeah, of... I, yeah, I, I didn't appreciate that it was killing me so quickly. Yeah, hmm. I think that's... Yeah, I think that's fair. And I felt like that too. Yeah. And I was actually surprised at... Yeah, even though like I picked it and I've got some really fond, fond memories of it, but I felt like that. And as a result, I put it lower than I would have expected from yeah. the beginning. Yeah. Spoilers. <laughs> Uh, so I guess it's me, is it? Mm. I'm going to go with... But I still think it's better than Double Dragon. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm going to go with Ninja Baseball Batman. No way. What? <laughs> we're all getting... Ninja kidding. <laughs> Baseball Batman. It was a cool game. You didn't like it? I did like it. Uh-huh. So when we're talking about yeah. my last place, we're talking yeah. about... True. Some of the best beat 'em ups in a genre True. that has a ridiculous amount of games. So, which I probably wouldn't normally include Double Dragon in that. But, oh <laughs> um, I mean, if I could put it at ten, I would. You're killing me here, John. You're killing me. No, I did enjoy it, and when when I loaded it up on my main machine. I was actually surprised to see it was by Irem because mm. Irem make really good games. 
<laughs> and I'm not saying that in a bad you way. You sound like I mean, you prejudged it, like, oh, this is made by Iron. Well, to be honest... It's going to be bad. I knew the art style, because I, I had played it before, right. and I thought it was a Neo Geo game. So, you know, Again. take that for what you will. <laughs> but um, when I saw Irem on the, on the title screen, I thought, oh, Irem actually make really great games. So it sort of coloured it in the positive to me when I started playing it again. Mm-hmm. And um, I didn't go all the way through the game, but I probably went through about three or four stages, played all the characters. It's, it's a fun game. Mm-hmm. I actually did like it. It's bizarre. Yeah. I thought it was hilarious that... Um, in the cutscenes, the the main guy was referred to as N dot B dot Batman, yeah. N B Batman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah. his actual name. Yeah. Um, but the music was god awful. Oh yeah, the that's music right, is yeah. horrible. It's, I don't know why why it's like that. I don't actually remember the music now. It's bad. You don't want to remember it. <laughs> it's I'm not sure if that's an emulator thing or not. Hmm. And there's constantly a guy going, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that was something that I just turned it really, really quiet because I was worried about annoying the shit out of my wife. Good idea. So, yeah. Hmm. (laughs) Um, It's you up again, John. What's your number eight? My number eight. My number eight is... See, I... Yeah. You're going to kill me again, aren't you? (laughs) I actually really enjoyed playing this game, but I wish I got to play it some more. See, I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't put that at number eight. (laughs) This is no time for deliberation. Yeah, you're right. I put Bad Dudes vs. Dragon Ninja as number eight. Oh, god (laughs) damn. (laughs) This is where we really find out who each other is, isn't it? (laughs) Whether we actually like each other. (laughs) But I really enjoyed playing it, actually. Um, it was so weird when I played it, though, too, was because, as I said last week, it's got that really strong association with the movie Parenthood for me. <laughs> and <laughs> when I started it up straight away, it like was in demo mode, and I could hear the, the guy, like the sound effect of the guy getting hit. And I just went straight back to Parenthood you know, <laughs> for me. And I was like, whoa. So those exactly sound effects are pretty annoying. Yeah, but it was just the only place I'd ever heard that before is Parenthood. Mm. So I just want to clarify the quote from Parenthood. So he says that it's okay, they're bad dudes. Um, So I actually got it slightly wrong. Um, What was it? Ah. I think he says, he says, those are bad dudes. That's, That's why, why they, they call, call it the bad, dudes. bad dudes. Yeah, hmm. but bad dudes are you. That's the player. Yeah, not, I know. Not yeah. The, yeah, so so he's actually it doesn't fit with the game. But so I mean, he got it wrong. I'm sure Steve Martin doesn't really give a shit. Yeah. Typical parents. <laughs> they don't understand what's going on exactly. in the game. Exactly. And that's why the son was so upset. And then he lost his retainer. And then they had to go and look in the bins like all night to try and find his retainer. Then they sung the song about diarrhea and <laughs> everything was okay. <laughs> Your number eight was Matt. Bad Dudes oh my God. versus Jane. Oh, wow. Yeah. Also. Yeah. So, I mean, it it doesn't have, like, all the moves like all the other mm. games. I yeah. thought it was... It's got a few moves. Yeah, I, but not, like, you know, grabbing guys and kneeing them in the face. No, you don't have that sort yeah, of stuff. Yeah, I guess it's, it is limited in ways that... A lot of the other those others aren't. Yeah. So there's a move that you guys wouldn't have known because it doesn't advertise it. There's a spinning kick. 
So if you... Is it a spinning bird kick? Kind of, sort of, except you don't go upside down. It's like a hurricane kick. So as you're continually moving, you press jump and hold jump and then press attack, and he does the the spinning kick. It's so useful throughout the game because as as guys, bad dudes, whatever, Mm -hmm. are coming from you from all sides. No, you are the bad dudes. It's the ninjas that are coming from all sides. They're probably all bad dudes. That's why they call the game bad dudes. (laughs) So also it took a lot of credits to get to the end, which you went to the end. Wow! Yeah. Holy shit! No, I'm all these games, by the way, I'm just, I'm just got to like the fuck. second level. <laughs> so you're probably better than all of us to be able to say which is should, the best beat 'em up of yeah, all time. Should just really be Matt's battle of the beat 'em ups. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's possible, yeah, that I wasn't playing it properly, and that's why I died a lot. But it got punished because it took so many credits. Mm. Mm. And you know about holding in the button for the power punch. Oh, I forgot. I oh knew about that, God. but I didn't remember while I was playing just then. That's the main move of the game. Oh. I feel like this is the danger of MAME, is that because you can just keep pressing 5 yeah. and uh, you end up not playing a game properly because you never really have to learn the strategy. You just mm. keep giving yourself life. Like particularly, that reminds me of Gauntlet. Like when you play Gauntlet on It's a just main, a coin muncher. Yeah. Yeah. But But... But also, like, it has no meaning. The life has no meaning. You're just like, oh, I'll top myself up. Part of the game mechanic of that is that life has no meaning because t- your life is constantly ticking down as well. Mm. So that's... I understand what you're saying, mm. but I think Gauntlet is maybe not the best example in that instance. Mm-hmm. But anyway, we shall move on. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> My number eight is Vendetta. Okay. Mm-hmm. No one's going to scream or yell? <laughs> no, because... Spoiler. No spoilers. <laughs> Vendetta, I actually really like it, Vendetta. Yeah. It's really fun multiplayer. It's right. one of the fun, one of the most fun multiplayer beat-em-ups yep. you can play. In single player, it's a, it feels very limited. It seems very silly. It, it is very silly. Yeah. Yeah. It's hilarious. <laughs> it's really funny. Actually, I think, yeah, there was like... I came up against some guy. Is it might be the boss in the first level? He's like got the arseless chaps and yeah, <laughs> yep, yeah, yeah. Very, he's camping it around the screen and mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> Your number seven, John. My number seven is Vendetta. Oh, yeah. All right. One of the things, the challenges I had with this is. I was playing the four-player version, and so to try the different characters, I had to go into the control menu and change the controls to so that I could use each of the characters. And then I'd accidentally started two characters, and so I had two characters walking around the screen with the same controls and (laughs) (laughs) multi-boxing in WoW or something. Yeah, it was exactly like that. (laughs) Yeah, but yeah, it was it was fun, and I want to revisit it. But yeah. Again, like it's pretty hard when you're going up against some of these other games mm. that are pretty, like Double Dragon. Pretty cool, yeah. Like yeah, mm-hmm. it's pretty cool. Like Double Dragon. <laughs> uh, Matt, <laughs> your <laughs> number seven was Vendetta. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Just a clean sweep around. Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't like it as much as I thought I did. Mm. Yeah, because that was one of your picks. Wasn't yeah. It? yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it ate a lot of credits to get to the end, and that's part of the reason it's down there. Hmm. Um, 
and we we're all playing it in single player. Yeah. Which again, I think is to to the detriment of the mm. type of game Vendetta is. Mm. I think it's funny though. There's a, there's a lot of these four player beat 'em ups, and I think that Captain Commando is probably in the same boat. Is that part of the mechanics, well not mechanics, but part of the game? What sells the game is the four player aspect, mm. and being at the arcade playing with three other people is so much fun and then when you take that away and you're doing what we're doing which is sitting in your lounge room at home playing it half the experience is gone yeah definitely and so it's very hard to evaluate those games versus something like streets of rage which is expected that you're playing it pretty much either on your own or just with one other person yep so yeah all right, my number seven is The Punisher. Um, I like it. It's... I don't know. It doesn't... The guns are cool, mm. but it also seems to take away from the beat-em-up element. Mm-hmm. And it almost feels like a gimmick. So mm. you're firing away on your guns, but then dudes just come up and smack you in the face anyway. and <laughs> It's like a non-game. Yeah, it feels like something that looks cool, but it's not as useful as it probably feels like it should be. So you think that that's like a control issue? No, I think it's just a mechanics issue, just the way mm. the, the, the game is designed. Mm-hmm. And I also felt it was less versatile compared to other beat-em-ups where you don't have as many interesting things you can do as you're fighting people. Mm-hmm. I still think it's cool, but yeah, it was not as cool as games such as Double Dragon. That's interesting. <laughs> uh, your number six, John. My number six was. You're going to do it again, aren't you? <laughs> you get this look on your face. <laughs> Is it a really mischievous look? It's like. I'm going to say something here. People aren't going to like it, and I'm going to love the fact that they're not going to like it. <laughs> I don't love the fact that they're not going to like it. It's actually the opposite. <laughs> I don't I don't How are they going to judge me? I don't want to upset people. But I also am not going to not say something that's not true. Yeah. So, as in I'm going to say what I think. You got to be genuine to yourself, even if me, it's wrong. My number 6 was Final Fight. Wow. Wow, that's <laughs> <sighs> Let me just mark this on the spreadsheet, shall I? <laughs> <laughs> While he holds in his anger. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, you know, it's it's on record. <laughs> <laughs> I think Final Fight's good. I mean, all these games are good, but I think that it's in a similar way to um, what what Matt said about Captain Commando, it can be like a real coin guzzler and that's, Mm. I think, how it's designed. Yeah. Um, And, yeah, sometimes it can feel, like, unfair, Mm. I think. And it doesn't feel like you can use skill to avoid getting hit in a lot of situations. Like, so similar to how I felt about Double Dragon... There's a lot of situations where you have no choice. You're just going to take damage and there's not Mm. much you can do about it. Um, One good thing about like Final Fight, and I guess it's similar with Captain Commando, is that 
you have like your when you press punch and kick uh, punch and jump together you yep. have like a move a special move that will knock away everyone that's around you yeah and take a little bit of energy away yep yeah and that's something that yeah is a really good mechanic um mm. which can kind of get you out of a situation when you're surrounded because it's really it's when you get surrounded that's when you really get stuck and yeah. you can really take stupid amounts of damage so to avoid that you need to use that move mm. um but yeah there's just other times where i just felt like it was unfair and probably designed that way because it was an arcade game originally and yeah yeah but there's lots of great things about it and obviously it's another game that's kind of like a trailblazer in the genre mm. um so yeah yeah well you can certainly say that well, at least back in the day, Streets of Rage was regarded as a complete and absolute ripoff right. of Final Fight. Yeah. It was Sega's version of Final Fight because yep. they couldn't get the license for Final Fight. Right. And you could argue they did a better job with it. Yeah. Other people might argue otherwise, but... Mm. Yeah. I think, actually, one thing I will say, one more thing I will say about it is that one thing I realised was that in a lot of cases, a good strategy to use would be to actually stand at the edge of the screen and attack off the screen especially if you had a weapon and that's something that i would prefer if that was not the case because i don't think that's very fun mm, i don't think that actually works in practice okay as far as i'm i mean i play that game a lot mm. and yeah you can get hit just as easily you know smacking guys off screen mm. than smacking them on screen maybe it was just a particular like certain circumstance that I was in or something that where mm. I had that realization mm. maybe I was I think I was fighting a boss or something right and I just kept whacking him yeah mm. anyway right. yeah Matt your number six was double dragon oh my god what is wrong <laughs> with you people I mean it's <laughs> fine it's yeah it's I use the excuse that all you guys are saying, oh, this, all these are great games. <laughs> okay, I mean, it's good. Fair. I mean, yeah, in the time it was great. But there's better games now, I guess. Mm-hmm. I elbowed my way all the way to the end. <laughs> <laughs> but it feels so good. Anyway. Does yeah. it? Elbowing's great. It was fun elbowing mm. all back and forth. Mm. It's kind of funny, though. Like, I feel like that changes the game. Like, I guess part of my... One of the things that I used to evaluate them was how much it is recreating what it's trying to recreate, which is having a street fight, you know? Mm. Um, And in the case of when you end up using a cheesy move like that, it ends up being about making sure that you get the elbow right and consistent. And that's more like... It, it changes what the game is, you know? And so mm. it becomes like the elbow game instead of a street fight game, yep. I guess. So if, in that case, it fails to recreate what it's setting out to do. Mm. And I think, yeah, uh, other games on the list did that better. Mm. Yep. No, I think you've... Like I said, I, I agree with that assessment. Mm. So but putting it so far down the list, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> My number six was Streets of Rage Remake. Whoa. Is this controversial? It's going to (laughs) be. You'll have to explain yourself. 
Well, first of all, um, I guess I have to be completely honest and say I didn't play it. Right. Oh. Because it's on PC. I don't have a PC. Mm. I did watch a long play of it. Mm -hmm. And long play, I I guess, means... Or or the the traditional sense of the word on YouTube means someone playing through the entire game. Mm -hmm. I must admit I didn't watch all of it. Mm -hmm. But I watched a lot of it. And I did really enjoy what I was seeing. Mm -hmm. Obviously, it's based on the Streets of Rage series. I mean, that's mm-hmm. pretty stupid to say, but yep. in that way that they've created a game that that looks fantastic to play and is more than likely fantastic to play. But there are two criticisms that I have of the Streets of Rage series, which is it's very slow, so moving around the screen is incredibly slow, mm-hmm. and it goes on too long. And the thing that I noticed about Streets of Rage Remake, does it not go for about four hours? <laughs> yeah, you pretty much... Yeah, it's pretty much extended the Streets of Rage game by about four. Yeah. Yeah. It's <clears throat> way too long. I mean, th- I'll get into this a bit later, but playing through Streets of Rage 2 again made me really like that game even more than I did before. Mm-hmm. However getting about halfway through or maybe three quarters of the way through i was starting to get fatigued Mm. like you're just walking along and punching dudes and it's fun and maybe it does it in the best way that any other game does but it goes on forever that's a that's a a bit too long i i have to say that i felt that too like when i played streets of rage 2 recently when i got it I didn't. I started a game not intending to play all the way through, and I ended up doing that just because I could. Um, but I definitely got to a stage where I was just like, "Ah, uh, you know, I, stage seven. I kind of want this is over now." And we're still know? going. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So I, I can resonate that feeling that that you explained mm. definitely. Um, yeah. And I came off. Um all these other games because I think I played Streets of Rage 2 last when I was going through all the games mm-hmm. on my main cab and so forth and they're all super fast like Final Fight really fast um, Punisher mm-hmm. even Double Dragon which is suffers from massive slowdown mm-hmm. but it's still reasonably quick to get around the screen and then you go to Streets of Rage 2 and it feels like you're in molasses mm. it's really slow to move around mm. But in saying that, it makes up for it in the fighting mechanic, which is probably unparalleled. Mm-hmm. But Streets of Rage Remake seems to compound on those particular aspects that I was kind of a bit iffy on. And also, it's not the original game, so it doesn't have the particular feeling within me that's like it's it's groundbreaking, like they've mm-hmm. done something amazing they have done something amazing, but it's another imagining of something that's been done amazing before. It's a derivative work. Hmm. Hmm. But in saying that, it, it's it's incredible hmm. what they have done. The music is really, hmm. really good. It's even better than the original. It, I think hmm. it's um, remi- uh, remixes. remixes. Yeah. yeah. And they're awesome. Hmm. I enjoyed every single one that I was listening hmm. to, hmm. except for the boss music, which I've always 
been a bit iffy on the boss music. Yeah. Um, but the stage music is incredible. Yep. Mm. Interesting. Mm. So, yes, I do apologise. I didn't actually play the game, but I did try and experience it as much as I could. Yep. We'll definitely we'll have to play it together at some stage. Mm. Um. <clears throat> oh, I thought another thing that struck me with Streets of Rage Remake... They were very risque with Blaze. Oh. Like the cutscenes, her tits are bouncing like <laughs> fucking watermelons. <laughs> and um, some of the cutscenes, as well as in the game, you're doing jump kicks and you can see her knickers. And well, that's they really went all out with the... something uh, from the Japanese version, isn't it? Yeah, they did censor like that, that in the Western release. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Anyway, your number five, John. My number five is... Uh, number five was Captain Commando. Captain Commando. So, yeah, I pretty much felt exactly the same as what Matt felt about it, where I played it and I was like, wow, this feels unnecessarily, like, hard and cheap. <laughs> and I, it's very similar, I guess, in mechanics-wise to Final Fight. Um, yeah, it is. It's almost like, feels like the same game with different art and stuff yep. um, and there's some really interesting cool stuff in there like just the characters it's all very different you know it's something that's really different and that's sorry it's probably what attracted me to it when I was younger um, but yeah it's just there's not that it doesn't feel like there's that much to it in terms of move variety or mm-hmm. um, yeah You've got your special move. Um, I think you've got a if you jump and do your special move, there's another that's a different one. Yeah, that's really all there is. Mm. And yeah, just wasn't as fun as what I remembered. Yeah, but it's still 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 a good game. I mean, like like all these games. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Matt, your number five was Ninja Baseball Batman. Ninja Baseball really? Batman. Yeah. So, yeah, we're, I mean, none of these are bad. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, it didn't blow me away replaying it just now. Pretty fun, but, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just there. Mm-hmm. Cool. My number five is Dragon Ninja. Mm. I surprised myself with this one mm. because this is one of the games that I absolutely loved as a... Teen, I guess, mm. not really a child. Yeah, and I still love it. I still love mm. the art style and all mm. of that. But compared to these other games, and again, going back and playing through some of these that maybe I didn't appreciate as much back then, mm. and now appreciate more, Dragon Ninja is a little bit. It's a little shallow mm. compared to these other games, even mm. though I still love it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, your number four, John. My number four is Ninja Baseball Batman. Ooh. So, I like, I actually, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, it's something really different. It's very silly. Mm. <laughs> the bosses are like all vehicles or something. Yeah. So yeah. I think the first boss is a plane. Yep. Yep. And then In, the you're next inside one, a plane, fighting a plane. Yeah. And of then course. The, the next one's a car. And then there's a lot of, you fight like instruments. And 
There was some oh, sort yeah. of... It the third some... boss was a moose head or something? Yeah. Something bizarre. It, okay, <laughs> I mean, so a lot of the enemies are like things that are on a baseball field. Right. Like baseball gloves and... Yeah. Play, and baseball bats holding baseball bats. <laughs> <laughs> and there was... That's but so base, but I, Actual baseballs. Yeah. Yeah. But the, but the stages themselves go th- around America. And so you've got okay. the cultural, the Japan's idea of uh, what's Texas. And that's, uh, the, that's where that comes in. And then they go to Vegas and then they go... You know, it's casino. Okay. They go to Chicago and it's all gangsters. Dogs <laughs> in gangster suits with Tommy guns. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was just really silly. And I, I really enjoyed playing it. It felt very fast. Mm. Um, almost, I felt almost like it was too fast. Mm. But maybe that's because I've come from, you know, playing a lot of Streets of Rage and that being one of my first real beat-em-ups that I played a lot of, I guess. Mm. Um, yeah, so it's interesting you saying about it, Streets of Rage being slow, because I ne- I've never thought about that, but, yeah, I guess it is pretty slow, mm. um, especially compared to this game. But, yeah, it was just really silly and, and fun, and I tried the different characters, and they all have... There's one guy that's massive... But he's very slow, but he mm. does more damage. And the special moves use your life. Yeah. Um, and sometimes you can use up your life really quickly if you use the special move in a certain way. I think it takes like a third of your life away or something. Uh, hmm. Yeah, it's enough for me to not try to use the move. Yeah, like if you did it three times, you had no life left. Um but the animation was really good and mm. I really liked... I wonder if you turned the sound up, it would have been lower on your list. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I, I really appreciated the, the fighting and, yeah, the animation to just mm. the normal hits. Yeah, I, I liked it. Yeah, I, yeah. Th- I think it definitely wins the silliest game on the list. Yeah. Even That's though it's got tough competition with Vendetta. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Your number four, Matt. Uh, was Punisher. Punisher. So this also munched all the coins. Mm. But mm. the reason it got higher in the list is because I appreciated the polish of the look. Mm. And the thing with all the weapons, it's not just guns, mm. but all the weapons. I think that's the key thing to the game. Mm. Mm. They're all that's over the place and you... Pick what the one you want, and you're probably leaving tons of things behind. Yeah, yep. so there's a variety in that. Yep. Yeah, it's not like other games where you see a weapon and you hold on to it for as long as you can. Yeah. Most of the time, you have a weapon. Mm. And the other thing that I think is good about it is you can have a weapon and you hit them. And in most beat 'em ups, when you hit them, they'll fly away. And so you hit them, and then you wait for them to get up. Yeah. And then you hit them again and you wait for them to get up. Mm. In the Punisher, you can wail on them, like just hitting them with like a hammer or something, just bang, bang, bang. Yeah. And and they'll stand there until they die or someone else hits you or something like that. Mm. Mm. So, yeah. Uh, My number four is Captain Commander. Mm -hmm. Uh, I really enjoyed this going back to it. It's kind of got the same like you were saying John the same fighting mechanics as Final Fight Mm -hmm. but it's just a little bit 
different. Mm-hmm. It's a bit, uh, maybe not faster, but you've got more screen to move around in. It's a bit more modern, so it's got more weapons and things to use. It's got mechs that you jump into and things like that. Um, so I really enjoyed it for the final fight mechanics, but sort of the modernization of that. Mm-hmm. The, the characters are, are kind of hit and miss to me. I don't really think the characters are very interesting. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not into the superhero thing, and it's very mm-hmm. much a superhero kind of yeah. vibe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a, I, I actually really enjoyed it. Hmm. It surprised me how much I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Cool. Your number three, John. We're my getting into three. the skinny. My number three is Streets of Rage 2. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it's an awesome game. But, uh, yeah, I guess in at this stage it just becomes about what's better. And I think that my... Number two and number one are better. It's really hard to say. <laughs> I can't really even choose. I'm reconsidering the options now, but <laughs> I suppose in it was a way, actually a tough choice. Yeah, it is a really, yeah. really hard choice. So, yep. All right, and Matt, your number three, the final fight. The final fight. Yeah. Oh. So there may be, you know, the nostalgia thing, mm-hmm. but it's also really great polished game yeah plays really well yeah yeah i absolutely agree it's what do you think about how i was feeling which was that the you know i guess the coin muncher aspect or not so much that but the way the ai is i i think the bosses probably are unfair Mm. Mm. yeah but, I mean, you can probably game the rest of it to do all right. But is it in a way that is representative of, like, a fighting? Or, or do you think that there's cheesy aspects to it? Oh. in, I mean... Is there... Are there I, didn't, I didn't elbow my way through the game. Yeah, like, okay. That way. I mean... Yeah. There's no cheesy... Not that I moves. know of. There might be. Okay. Hmm. I'm just wondering how much of it is just me not knowing the game very well versus actually having... Because, yeah, it's so hard to evaluate, especially compared to something like Streets of Rage, where I... So there's definitely bosses that feel unfair in Streets of Rage as well. Hmm. But... The rest of it, I feel like I can pretty much go through without taking much damage unless I do something dumb. Hmm. Um, but I didn't feel like that about Final Fight. I felt like there was a lot of unfair aspects to it Yeah, that were like that because it was an arcade game, I guess. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so I, w- I would back that up. I would say that's true. Okay. Hmm. Uh, my number three is Streets of Rage 2. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, maybe I talked about this previously, but uh, I didn't really get too much into the Streets of Rage series back in the day. Um, I finished them. I went through Streets of Rage and Streets of Rage 2 and Streets of Rage 3. Mm-hmm. But to me, again, going back to what I said, it felt like Sega's attempt at Final Fight, which it was, and it was a lesser game to Final Fight. 
and why would you play the lesser game when you can just play Final Fight? So I never really got into it, but revisiting it just recently reminded me actually how much of a fantastic game that is. Despite the criticisms, like I said, that it feels very slow and it goes on for too long, I almost think Final Fight goes on for too long. Streets of Rage is much more of a offender in that particular mm. aspect. It goes on forever. Well, it feels like it goes on forever. Mm. Um, but again, the game mechanics make up for it because it just feels like the ultimate pure, enjoyable fighting mechanic mm. and mm. you've got so many options. Yeah. And I feel like Double Dragon, you've got a lot of options too and if you know the game well, you know those options. If you don't, then you don't. Yep. But Streets of Rage has many more. And even to the point where when I was replaying it, I probably got three quarters of the way through and then suddenly remembered, oh, you hold up and press jump <laughs> when someone throws you and you land on your feet. Yeah. How amazing is that? Yeah. It's freaking awesome. Yeah. It changes the game. Yeah, so that's something for And me. you always feel great when you do it. Yeah, that's as it's... It's an element of the game where you have a chance to mitigate that damage and it's done in a way that feels like it serves the concept as mm. well. So mm. um, the idea is that you flip out of the throw. Yep. Um, yeah. yeah. And I think particularly Streets of Rage 2, uh, not so much the first game, just because you you have that grand upper or whatever it's called, mm-hmm. which feels so good to do, yeah. and and you have a lot more options, and yeah, it's, yep. I actually surprised myself how much I enjoyed that game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Again, yep. pushing out Dragon Ninja, which is what I would consider or would have considered one of my favourite games of all time. Wow! So, yeah, there <laughs> you go. Mm-hmm. Your number two, John. My number two was. The Punisher. The Punisher. <laughs> so I actually, when I added this to my list, it was kind of like, oh yeah, I remember enjoying this game. And so I wasn't, didn't have like super high hopes for it or anything. But when I revisited it, I actually really enjoyed playing it. Yeah. And I think that, as, you, as Matt said, there's a lot of polish to the game that all of these other games don't really have. Um, the animations are really good. I think and as I said before one of the things I loved about it was being able to really wail on the enemies you know because when you hit them with a weapon they don't just fall over mm. you can stand there and smack them with something or you if you have like a sword or a knife you're slashing through them mm. the sound effects are great yeah that's true um there's blood in the game and as well. yeah, the, yeah there's like blood animations which are uh not just like crappily done they're quite well done i think Mm. um there's also is quite a bit of move variety in the game Mm. so i know you said that you felt like there wasn't a lot but i kept discovering more and more stuff as Mm. i went on um so you can throw weapons you have when you press it's only a two button game as well when you press jump and attack you have a it's like a special move that will knock everyone away from you. Mm. But also, if you jump and press jump and attack, you have a bomb. Yeah. So you, they've added both of those elements. You've got your like screen clear move and 
you have you start with like three actually it's a grenade not a bomb you start with three grenades and you can pick them up as you go along um but then you've also got your you know emergency you know get everyone away from me move which drains your health when you use it um there is the gun thing there's a lot of guns but i actually liked i like the guns um it's it's kind of weird the way it's controlled it's unlike anything else i've really ever played there's a bit of an auto aim to it um but you do still have to kind of tell the game where you want to shoot and the person the enemies have to be kind of in the right place and you have to be in the right place so i suppose it's a bit fiddly like that um but i liked it i didn't ever feel like it was really unfair or anything like that um i did go through a lot of lives uh but i didn't really feel like it was i felt like it was always because i stuffed up or you know but yeah there's a lot of destructible elements in the game as well and probably the only limitation or the only thing i really think could be better is you only have the choice of the two characters which is the punisher or Mm. nick fury Mm -hmm. whereas most other games have at least three so but i think it was really well done game and i think it's a kind of a hidden gem in the in the beat-em-up like especially after revisiting it now yeah that's what i actually read in the wikipedia article that it's it's becoming regarded as as like you said a hidden gem Mm. it's it's regarded as one of the best fighters that not many people know about Mm. yeah all right matt your number two number two streets rage two streets (laughs) of rage two yeah i mean this is uh you know the arcade games i see as one way they are the coin munchers Mm -hmm. and i appreciate that this doesn't do that to me it's not i don't find it punishing at all Mm. Mm. yeah and the length of the game i think probably because it's a console game again they need to put more in it Mm. because you're more likely to get to the end anyway rather than arcade now that's that's a really good point when you buy a game for the home if you sit down and you finish it in an hour Mm. you're going to feel pretty ripped off Mm. so i understand that yeah yeah all the stuff you said plays great the move variety Mm. yeah but i think that the the uh the fact that you feel like it's too long it's not really about the time it's not actually about how long it takes to play the game it's more about that it doesn't get more interesting as you're going like it's not building up and introducing new ideas or new mechanics Hmm. it's all the same thing and Hmm. that's really what the problem is it's not the actual time yeah because now we play games for hundreds of hours yeah you know and people don't get bored but it's because there's always introductions of new mechanics and that sort of thing Hmm. um whereas in streets of rage they don't do that really it's it's pretty much fight and go right yeah and and then for a few hours and when you get to the last few stages it's sort of like well now you're doing you're fighting more bosses and like Hmm. two at once and Hmm. you know this guy and that guy you know and they're throwing the same things at you just harder Mm -hmm. you know more more of it so yeah yeah and my number two is Final Fight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, number two. Huh? What? I didn't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, when I played it again, 
just recently for this particular podcast, I found it really hard to stop playing it. I just mm. find it absolutely just fun, addictive, uh, just continually trying to walk right as much as possible before the game stops you to get in so many, oh. as many guys as you possibly can. And managing the chaos mm-hmm. is, it feels like a, a beautiful, just complete madness mm. where you try and manage yourself amongst all this shit that's going on. Mm. And, you know, it probably hasn't got as many mechanics as a lot of the newer beat em up games, mm. but you feel like you have at your disposal what you need to be able to get out of trouble. And I know you said you felt like it was a little cheesy, but to what Matt said, I think. The bosses are cheesy, mm. but the the main fights just throughout the game feel like you can. I feel like you can manage that quite well if yep. you know what you're doing. Right, and it just feels like fun. Like every single enemy has something about them that you have a counter attack for. Yeah, and then you're just trying to manage what counter attack versus certain enemy plus all the other enemies on the screen at the same time. Mm-hmm. And it's just super fun. I just love it. I found it really hard to stop playing. I think for me, the as you said, those mechanics that are missing, I think that's where, for me, it can be frustrating because I'm used to having those things like the d- dash moves and, yeah, there's no, um, uh, like, approaching moves, I guess. Well, I mean, moves where, like the grand upper, where you're moving towards the enemy. Well, there's the jump. In with the knee. Yeah, there's a so jump. There's you jump, jump and in. hold down That's the and only attack. One. Yeah. Um, it, it is. There is quite a bit of variety. I mean, you know, you can approach a guy and punch, punch, punch three times, then grab them, then knee them twice, mm. then throw them. Mm. Um, it was the first game, and one of the mechanics that I really love about beat em ups that a lot of games afterwards did was as you're pressing away on the fire button and punching people. You hold either down or up. Mm. And instead of kicking them away in the maybe fourth hit or whatever it is in the combo, they throw them behind them. Mm. So it's just punch, 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 throw. Ah. And then punch, 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 throw. Mm-hmm. And that's really, really handy for handling crowds. Mm-hmm. So you've got dudes approaching you behind you, but that's okay. You can just punch, 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 and then throw behind you. Okay. And it's it's really fun, especially when you're playing multiplayer where you accidentally throw someone into the, the other player. <laughs> You go, oh, sorry about that. Then do it again. <laughs> I didn't know you could do that. Yeah, it's 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 got a lot more going on than what's on the surface. Yeah. And it's super fast. Mm. So it's really fun to just get in there and just try and manage the chaos. Mm-hmm. And again, try and force yourself into more chaos by getting as many people on the screen as possible. Your number one, John. My number one was Streets of Rage remake. Streets of Rage. It's totally cheating. 
<laughs> number nine again, Streets of Rage remake. Well, I said this from the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like it just seems unfair because no, I don't think it is. Yeah, it's um. Well, in a way, you're taking a game that's already successful and already proven, um, and you're just building on it extra features, which you know. But um, it still has to be good. That's true. One, I mean. The experience that I cannot beat is using the character Adam, which is a character that's only in Streets of Rage 1, and he, in Streets of Rage 1, doesn't have any of the Streets of Rage 2 and onward style special moves, because mm. in Streets of Rage 1, they just had like a, a screen clear, which was, you know, you press the A button or special button, and a police car would drive up and shoot like a missile and then blow everyone away on the screen. Yeah. Um, whereas when they went to two, then you had like your, you know, get me out of trouble special, which is just knock everyone away from you. Mm. Well, uh, there's two of those. Yeah. And then you have, when you're holding forward, you would have a different move. Yeah. Mm. So, and then remake on top of that adds even more because they even give you so it's not with everyone, but with Adam, you've got you've got your dash as well, and you've got a dash special as well. So hmm. if you're dashing and you press special, he does a totally unique move to any other move. So, um, so his special, his like emergency special, which is clearing everyone around you, is like this jump and like double kick, like to either side, hmm. um, like a splits kick, and then his forward special is like this. Um, it's like a just a just a side kick, like two side kicks. Um, so usually with Street Rage, the forward special is more damaging, but it only attacks on one side. Mm-hmm. Um, and then his dash special is like this Superman punch kind of thing. It's like a he jumps in the air and does this big roundhouse punch. Mm. Um, did you do that? I, I Look, I saw the special button in the key mappings, but I can't say I ever pressed it while I was playing. Really? Yeah. Wow. That's like... Or like, I maybe I pressed it and nothing happened. I'm like, oh, I guess I'll just ignore that button. It was like the first... Wait, you mean A? There's a button... Which button do you mean? What? There's another button. So there's also... You also then, on top of that, have yeah. a screen clear special as well. Maybe which that's is what that was. calling the police. Okay, I'll just, well, I never did it anyway. So you've got um, you've got your police call on top of all your other normal specials. Maybe that's the button I'm thinking. Which, when you press it, it's actually like a helicopter that flies in and like shoots everything on the screen, oh. and they all die. And then, um, yeah, they've got all the normal moves like from you know Streets of Rage. You've also got a button that just does the finishing move from your combo. So. If you want to just knock someone away, you can just do the last move of your combo yeah. Yeah. and it'll knock them down. Um, yeah, it's just some really cool little things that they've added. Yeah. And it's pretty awesome. And anyone who likes Streets of Rage, if they haven't played it, they really need to check it out because you can just download it for free. So, because it's fan, fan made. Mm. It's pretty amazing. And your number one, Matt? Streets of Rage remake. How did I guess? That's so good. <laughs> and I was, so I played through the whole game, and, and I you're new to this the whole right? game. Hmm? You're new to this game, right? You hadn't heard of it before. Oh, or? I found on my computer 
a really old version of it. Oh. Hmm. Um, but it wasn't like this. Yet I think I can't remember really what was in that old one. Mm-hmm. But I think it was more or less Streets of Rage two. Okay. Interesting. Hmm. Anyway, this new one made me appreciate Streets of Rage three a lot more. Yeah, oh, it's a really? game that I didn't think much of back in the day. Mm. Hmm. But all the fe- I noticed later, all the features I liked in remake are things that are ripped out of three. Yeah, like the the dashes. I mean, no, mm. the running yeah. on the screen, which speeds up the movement. Yeah, the the your A move, your special move doesn't take health if you've got the full right. bar. Yeah. So and then yeah, that's the Streets of Rage three mechanic. So you don't always use health if you use a, a special. You have this replenishing energy bar and when it's full you can use a special move for free which mm. means that without like losing your health energy yeah so the awesome thing is it encourages you to use it a lot more yep. because you can pretty much use it once in every fight without getting your health taken away from you yeah mm. and and i'm the kind of person where um my raid leader from wow would tell me that i never use my special abilities because mm. i'm always what if there's a bigger emergency than the one we're having right mm. now? Yeah. Mm. So using specials in games that have an impact like that, mm. I just never do it. Mm. Yeah. And the other thing is the stars. This this broke me. It's so good. <laughs> did you notice this? If, if you haven't I played it a lot, you you might not have seen this. I don't know this. if I know what you're talking about. Oh yeah, you, I did. See if that you don't die, I wonder what they were. If you if you play long enough without dying, you mm. get awarded these stars. Mm. The first star, you may not notice anything happening, but if mm. you get two stars, your dash attack, like your grand upper or whatever, it gets amped up. All oh, right, okay. Uh. And then you get three stars, and it's crazy. Ah. And for for Axel, for example, he does the grand upper, but he he sweeps around, so he moves mm. up and down a bit on the screen, and then does a big dragon punch kind of thing. Oh, really? It just wrecks everyone. But at, <laughs> you get into a lot of trouble with his one because when you do the jump. You're also vulnerable, right? Right. If you okay. missed, if yeah, you didn't right. clear it, yeah. But Adam's one's amazing. Just yep. go back and forth the screen. Oh yeah. Plays. So his dash oh. attack is like this overhead kick thing, right? But yeah. it modifies it. So after you get two stars, he does a punch like Barog from Street Fighter Two, the charge punch. Oh okay. Wrecks across the screen. Yeah right. And when you get three stars, he does that, and then an extra uppercut at the end. Huh. Yeah right. That's cool. Yeah. But so it's a thing you'll only get if you've been playing well. Like if you yeah. you die, mm. you lose a star. Yeah. So it mm. downs your level a bit. Right. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Ah, I want to play it some more now. <laughs> it was good. All right. Very very interesting. And my number one is Double Dragon. Wow. Take that, you <laughs> assholes. <laughs> I think I could play this game forever. I, I love it. <laughs> Every barcade I go into, if there's a machine there, I have to play it. Mm-hmm. I, I actually think it's a lot more versatile than people think it is. Um, I mean, as I said, you can approach people on an angle, you can do a kick at mm-hmm. close range and that grabs them and then you knee them in mm-hmm. the head and then you can throw them or mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you can kick knives out of the air, which is just ridiculous. <laughs> you, you try and do the glitches, like trying to keep barrels alive and move... And um, when you move on to a next stage when you're not meant to have a barrel if you do it in a certain way you can get the barrel on the next stage and mm. do stupid things with that you can kick barrels and rocks at enemies as opposed to picking them up and throwing them it's just 
I don't know, I, I think it's limitless, mm. the amount of enjoyment I get out of that game. Mm. And sure, you can just elbow your way through, and if you're trying to do well at the game, that's what you do. But if you're proficient at the game, you can just have a lot of fun. Mm. Knocking people down holes. and Yep. I mean, you can... And, and again, this is such an old game, but it introduced these mechanics that are now kind of taken for granted, like picking up a knife by pressing punch and jump at the same time, or the elbow move, it throws the knife behind you as mm. opposed to in front of you. Mm-hmm. And it's just these little things that are just so much fun. I love the game. Mm-hmm. And the music is fantastic. It, it suffers from slowdown. Like, this is the arcade machine. It yeah. actually suffers from slowdown. Mm. But... I don't know. I don't think it really detracts from it too much. Mm-hmm. Mm. So that's it. What's we are done. Grand that's, tally. Sounds total. like something. That's that the finish. Bye. What? <laughs> <laughs> um. Yes. So we have a bit of a conundrum, to be honest. I know. Oh. Why is that? Well, we might have a tie oh, for okay. number one. Oh. Uh, I'm okay with this. I'm surprised because <laughs> I, I think I know what it's going to be. <laughs> you, you think so? I hope so. Uh, but yeah. let's I have a crap. look. No, there could be there could be three. Or anyway, go. <laughs> let's have a look at who was our. You're going to start from number nine, right? No, I'm going to start from number three. Yeah. Oh, um, we can start from number nine. Yeah. My spreadsheet's again. a little bit funny, so it's kind of hard to see from top to bottom but let's see how we go Mm -hmm. number nine we have vendetta Mm. at eight points okay Mm -hmm. number seven we have dragon ninja at nine points Mm -hmm. hang Mm -hmm. on google sheets has thrown up a weird thing on me (laughs) Um, google sheets has thrown up on you i know (laughs) Tied in what place is this? It threw up some bits. Nine, eight, seven. Yeah. Tied for six. Tied for so six. So there's two sixes, yeah. Nine, nine eight. eight. Seven six. and six. Okay. Either way. Hmm. Captain Commando and Ninja Baseball Batman at 12 points. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then we have... Double Dragon at 14 points. Then we have The Punisher at 17 points. Oh, wait, <laughs> what position are we now? It's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would have been five and four. So okay, so three, that was three left. third place. No, this should be third place, the next one. It should be if we didn't have a tie for first. Right. Okay. So in second place, we have Final Fight at 19. And tied for first place, yeah. <laughs> which is a conundrum. No, it's not. Because <laughs> Streets of Rage 2 and Streets of Rage Remake oh. at 22 points. I'm fine with this because it's like the same game. Yeah. Oh, I mean, one's better, clearly, but... <laughs> <laughs> is it really? <laughs> but it, you know, is it, it really better? This, this resolves my thing about... Oh, you know, it's not a real game. Well, actually, one thing I was going to say, though, is that it kind of solves the problem of the slowness that you were talking about because of because you can run across the screen hmm. and you can also roll. So if you press up, up or down, down, yeah, yeah. you can roll like up and down on mm. the screen. Mm. Um, so you feel so much more mobile than 
in the second game and obviously the first game is even worse but yeah you don't feel immobile i think like you maybe perhaps feel playing street fighter street fighter oh you said it too (laughs) but i'm gonna be a bit of a bastard you we need to choose a the, oh. the winner. Oh, Streets of Rage remake. Yeah. Same. I'm being outvoted. I'm yep. saying Streets of Rage 2. We both chose remake as number one. I know you did. <laughs> that doesn't discount my feelings. We already know what, <laughs> what we think. <laughs> you have to play it, Streets of Rage remake. Yeah, well, I haven't played it, have I? Um. All right, well, if Just I'm being the, outvoted, the we're calling remake the best beat em up of all time. The feeling okay. of that splits kick. From Adam. <laughs> <laughs> Streets of Rage remake is game the system podcast best beat 'em up of all time. We <laughs> that's pretty cool. Yeah, you can go. Oh, you're even clapping. You can go and play yeah. it unless you're like Mark and don't own a I PC. I played it a lot. Like I played all those games once, but I played Streets of Rage remake a lot more. Hmm. I'm I'm glad to hear that because hmm. I was surprised you hadn't really explored that very much. Um, yeah, I yeah. guess I'd heard it, but never dived in. It see, I guess we could also call it a hidden gem on the PC. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, our reader feedback. Oh. Our reader vote oh, yeah. on Twitter. <laughs> okay. Um, so, in equal last place, let's just call it last place. First best, first loser. loser. Yeah. <laughs> is Dragon Ninja mm-hmm. and The Punisher with zero votes. Wow. <laughs> but see, this is not... Because you did the, the votes in three separate lots. Yeah, I had so to. I had to. That's the only way Twitter... You can only have a maximum of four choices. Oh. So I had to split it into threes. That's lame. And equal... Let's just call it... Because I'm pretty third sure place. if The Punisher was in a vote with... Double Dragon, it would win. <laughs> In equal third place, with one vote each, Ninja Baseball Batman and Vendetta. Mm-hmm. And then equal second place is Streets of Rage 2, Captain Commando, Streets of Rage Remake, and Double Dragon. Mm. That's a lot of second places. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the clear winner... By a mile, <laughs> with five votes. Yeah. Final fight. Okay. I think it was a totally flawed. So the readers know. <laughs> the readers know. I think it's plagued with nostalgia bias. Even I feel nostalgic when I play Final Fight. So we did the homework, right? But the oh, readers pre- what are you saying about the readers? <laughs> oh, jeez. This this podcast has been brutal. <laughs> We've really found out who each other is, haven't yeah. we? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> there you go. Well, that was fun. Yeah, Battle of the beat 'em ups I think we'll uh, continue that kind of series. We'll see what we do next, but we'll um, we'll go away and have a think about it. Maybe we should do Battle of the Consoles or something. Hmm. Yeah, we could do that. Battle of the shoot 'em ups, Battle of the Fighters, oh. Battle of the Eight Bit Systems, 8-bit Battle of the systems. Arcades, Battle of the 
1982s. <laughs> the, the boundaries are limitless. Mm-hmm. But anyway, we'll have to close it there. Battle of the skill testers. <laughs> <laughs> Coin Thanks pushes. Sorry. That's all right. <laughs> Anytime. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Game the System podcast. If you would like to contact us, the best way to do that is on Game the System forums at gamethesystem.co. You can also reach out to us via email at feedback at gamethesystem.co. You can reach me on Twitter at Mark's Tweet. That's at M-A-R-C-S underscore tweet. John and Matt are Hawago and BSS on the forums. Please rate us on iTunes in the podcast app when you're listening to the episode. Scroll all the way down to the bottom and click on more episodes. Scroll all the way down to the bottom of that and you'll see ratings and reviews and a bunch of stars. Click on how many stars you think we're worth. Mm. Maybe five. Maybe. Maybe. And lastly, thank you to our sponsor, 1989 Arcade Bar and Kitchen, where we're recording tonight. Check out 1989 for classic arcade games, great beer and great food. We had dinner here tonight and I thought it was bloody good. Mm. Yeah? Mm. had the cheeseburger. It was excellent. Indeed. Mm. And you can find them at 22 King Street, Newtown and at 1989.com.au. And that is the end. We'll see you in episode 12. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Also, Castle Crashes would have been the winner of the beat em ups. <laughs> oh, no. I forgot don't about start it. Oh, <laughs> there's something else I could say. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about Castle Crashes. Because I realised something and then I thought, that beats all of these games. <laughs> what is it? Come on, you have to tell us now. Bayonetta. No. Oh. Is that a beat em up? That's mm, a beat em up. I think this. Count, no. I call it a spectacle fighter. I feel like this is the new generation of beat-em-ups and why beat-em-ups stopped being made because they started making these games. These Devil May Cry games. Yeah.